Welcome to the Joy of Gaming podcast, a special comics edition. Uh, I'm guessing, we're, we're thinking this is number six of our comics episode, so I'm just going to, we're going to draw a line in the sand here and say, uh, Joy of Gaming podcast, comics edition, episode six. Yes. Um, I am uh, your host, Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseka. And Kevin Schaefer. And uh, we are going to be talking about lots of great stuff. Uh, I love when you sum it up, though, for me, Jordan, so... I'm Bring summing stuff up? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, so what is this episode going to be focused on? Because a lot has happened. Well, we're going to start off with a book or two that we've been reading, because that's just tradition, pretty much, is to talk at least a little bit about the most recent uh, goings-on. I've read a lot since our last comic episode. If we talked about everything, we'd be here for hours. Um, and it would be interesting. Probably, yeah. However, we have other things to discuss. We do. We do, such as San Diego Comic-Con, which it's been a couple weeks uh, now. But you have to let it kind of like, you know, stew so a little yes. bit. Right. There's it's so like, much to talk about this year. Oh my god, there's so much. Yeah. Uh, but we waited so that we could do that as it's sort of the news and then go into a discussion of Ant-Man, which released this past weekend, uh, before we're recording, not before this is released. But it should be released relatively quickly. And yeah. uh, Ant-Man is a really, really fun thing to talk about. Yes. You saw it, you saw oh, it of course. Right, right. I was there that night, you know. Oh, awesome, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, so so we all saw Ant-Man. We all know a lot about Comic-Con because how are you going to not... How you, even if you wanted to avoid it, you probably couldn't. Oh, no. Um, there's lots of great news to talk about um, from that. Yeah, and uh, we are, of course, glad to welcome Kevin back. He's probably just... Re- we'll probably regularly do comics with him because he knows his stuff. If he'd want to. Oh, I would love to. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. By the way, uh, just to Kevin's background, I think since our last episode, you started writing for uh, yes, your I'm, regular contributor for... Yes, I'm writing for allthatsepic.com, so check us out. Um, we cover everything from... I'm on the movies, TV section, and we do... Movies, TV, gaming, cosplay, so check us out. Awesome, awesome. We'll definitely check out Kevin's stuff there. Uh, without further ado, why don't you start off with one of the books you're reading, Kevin? Okay. Uh, well, I recently picked up the first issue of... Have you ever seen The Fly, David Cronenberg? Oh, I, I know all about it, but I okay. never saw it. So, you know? like, they, it's like a dude, and he's like... Wah! Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's this, like, <laughs> That's exactly it. It's this classic kind of cheesy sci-fi, but it's so much fun. Right. And so um, IDW took that and, like... Because they were, they, well, there was the original, like, 50s film, which I've seen, too, and then there was the, the Cronenberg run and then a sequel to that. Right. This is basically, like, The Fly 3 um, in a comic series, so it's pretty cool. I like it. I've only read the first issue so far, um, but I like the art. It's a little more horror-style kind of thing than the cheesiness, but, you know, it's got the typical thing, like, the the virus thing comes back later, and then there's a quarantine at the end of that issue and it's just fun I like it that um, sounds really interesting I never would have thought to pick it up no what I, know, a- like, I, I just I found it Like I was looking at the indie comics um, at the shop and I just found that there and I'm like you know I, and the uh, store I go to the owner and I talk movies all the time so and he's very into like classic horror and that kind of thing so right, right. he recommended it awesome so that was a good one picked that up um, is that Foundation's Edge or Capital? I have Foundation's Edge. Nice. But yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I go back and forth between there and Ultimate Comics. So, Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, so I did that. And then I've been on a Star Wars high, of course, with Force Awakens come out. And, I mean, I was very skeptical. I think I said this last time. I was skeptical about Marvel's rendition of it when they bought the rights from Dark yeah, Horse. Yeah, yeah. But I've been thoroughly impressed because... What's interesting about it, in the main core storyline they have, it's set between episodes four and five. We're talking about Jason Aaron's run. Yeah, Jason Aaron's, yes. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so, and John Cassidy. John Cass- um, who I hear only is unfortunately only, doing yes, five issues, right? Say, he just did his last, unfortunately. <laughs> um, That's how those guys six. are, man. I mean, think about, six, you know how long Planetary took to came out? Yeah. That yeah. literally, I think, it was like eight years between yeah. like the, like twenty six and twenty seven, or whatever the second to last yeah. and last yeah. episode. And yeah. like that, yeah, they made it really long, but dude, Cassidy takes some time to do his yeah, art. Yeah, I know. 
So. Which, I mean, I'm okay with because it shows really well. Quality gorgeous. Yeah. Quality, I'm much rather have. So, but what I like about it is that there are some huge surprises in terms of, like, um, things that you question yourself, like, wait, does this line up with the mythos if this is in the same continuity as the oh. trilogy? But if you look at it, it was never mentioned in the movies, but it do- there's nothing in it in the movies that contradicts it either, so... For instance, like, they incorporate Boba Fett into here, like, early encounters with them prior to Empire Strikes Back. Oh, wow. So, stuff like that, where, like... If you're a seasoned Star Wars fan, you will notice that that's a little different. It's different, but at the same time, like I said, there's nothing in the movies to contradict that it could have happened. So, there's stuff like that. It's very... It's fun. It's engaging. um, And they've got now three spinoff books so far, because... Darth Vader, Princess Leia, and Lando powers in. Um, Charles Soule is writing Lando, which is awesome. Yeah, um, I, you know, I was recently uh, listening to a Mark Wade interview. The guy is fucking brilliant. Oh, he's amazing. He's brilliant and he's super humble. Yes. Super humble. I yes. just love him. He's great. Um, but he was talking about his Leia book, and he, you yeah. know, he was saying the way he makes his books great, and his biggest failures have been when he wasn't able to do this. And that is, and you've and you've heard this before, but finding a way into the character. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Finding a way to relate directly to to that character. And for Princess Leia, I don't remember what it was in his life that led him into this, but to okay. him it was that feeling of uh, being completely alone. Like, yeah. You know, in the universe. Because, you know, Alderaan, is Alderaan right? Her yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's is, like... is gone. And so she's on this mission to bring back, I didn't know what it was about until right, I heard this, right. on this mission to, like, like find the, the survivors, survivors of Alderaan mm-hmm. and make sure that the planet is not, the, the, the culture, right, the race, right. does not, you know, go into, disappear from the annals of history. It's sort of like what... It, like, I mean, because, I mean, the, oh, J.J. Abrams' 2009 Star Trek is pretty much, I mean, just Star Wars in disguise, but, okay. like, you have that you, you, at the end where old Spock is going to establish a Vulcan colony after the, the you know, it's sort of like, it's basically like that kind of storyline there. Yeah, you know, that's a really that. interesting insight there. I, I I hadn't heard it said quite that way, but, I mean, J.J. Abrams also did Star Trek, now he's doing Star Wars. Yeah, well, he, well, he's much more a Star Wars fan than he is Trek. I had heard that. Yeah. So it's like almost like he was like, well, they're not going to let me make Star Wars yet. Yeah, so, so I'll make Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it'll be Star Wars. That's interesting. Yeah, but anyway, much. so you're reading the, the Leia book? Yes, I've all, I read, let me see, the first two or three issues. I haven't picked up the other ones, so I'll pick up those soon. Yeah. Um, but... Vader's really good as well. Um, but That's uh, Gillen. Gillen, yeah. Gillen. Right. And in yeah. fact, I was reading, you know, because, you know, with all these big changes and shifts yeah. that just happened, uh, Gillen is one of the people that, you know, I was including on the list of, of creators that are no longer, like, Marvel writers. But then I saw another thing, and they were like, well, he is still on Darth Vader. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, and they said, but that's not even really Marvel Universe. So, but it still, yeah, has the... At least he's on a Marvel book somewhere. He's on a Marvel somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so it works. But, I mean, he wants to do, I guess, create her own, like a lot of people. I saw an article that was talking about that, uh, and and it actually mentioned Alesh Kot as one of the people that, like, were Marvel greats who were no longer writing Marvel books. And I was just like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> Alesh Kot is not on the list with, you know, Mark Wade and, yeah. and, and, and Jason Aaron and all the, you know, anyway. He's got yeah. multitudes. <laughs> <laughs> and and Hickman and I mean dude yeah. seriously Alesh Kot like aside from tripping ass and doing mad drugs and like inspiring his books you know using that to inspire his books which right, I right. already don't really like some people love that Grant Morrison and, and Warren yeah. Ellis's trippier stuff and I like Warren Ellis way better than Grant Morrison but uh-huh. personally but you know all that kind of like tripped out kind of like psychedelic comic book writing stuff it just never appeals to me so from okay. the, off of Jump I wasn't into Alesh Kot uh-huh. but then I was listening to interviews with him and he is just such a such a weird guy to hear interviews oh, from. Sure. Um, but he goes, 
he, at one point he literally says, I am vast, I contain multitudes. About himself. He's got... See, I, For the record, Kevin's shaking his head. I can't stand those people. I don't know. He's got the ego like, of someone who's been, you know, in comics for like a decade yeah. longer than he and has. And he's been in there like just when, over three years. Like, even when Hickman gets a little self-aggrandizing, he's not that bad. He says things like, uh, he says things like, no, you know, no, no, uh, no, crossover in history has ever brought together this many books and this many characters in this many ways he's just and then he like couches it and he's just like but it's all stories man it's all yeah, just yeah, telling yeah, stories yeah. or whatever it's it's funny how these people are um they're both like trying to maintain humility plus they're super arrogant and on a certain level this is true to be famous to be super creative to be able to hold your own in a world where in an environment where there's constant yeah. haters and there's constant people questioning your every decision right. you do have to have a healthy strong ego yeah. But then people like Alesh Kott just take it too fucking far. That's why I really love the Mark Wade interview I was listening to. because he, He's Mark, wonderful. He's just such a great guy. He is. And at every point, he's like, no, I got lucky. I had a great collaborator. Yep. And this, you know, it mm. never, ever, ever says I'm a fucking genius. Yeah. Or even mm. thinks it, and you can tell. Yeah, I liked it. Anyway, I digress cool. big time about Alex <laughs> fucking bit. Kott. All right. Who's on, like, every other book now. He's got a freaking... Uh, I won't go <laughs> Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so what else? Anything else you've been reading? Those are the main ones. You know, I like books and stuff too, but... What books? Yeah. Give us one or two. Mm, going through some old HGOL stuff right now, so... Oh, yeah? Time Machine. I like nice! Tomorrow, so, yeah. Classic sci-fi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's what I wanted to get into. Beautiful. Especially with The Martian coming out, I wanted to, like, to, um, go back in some of that. Cause Is that a world book? No, it's, a. Uh, um... I think it's by a, it might enough? be a living writer. I don't oh, know, okay. but... But it has that kind of, just based on the trailer, it seems to have that kind of classic feel yeah. to it. So, which I like. I mean, so you know. Tell me uh, any any trades like the stuff you caught up on in, in comic book stuff. Mm, recently, trying to go back through some of the Sandman stuff cause awesome. in preparation for that. But yeah, you mean for that, that movie that comes out in about five years? Yeah, pretty much. Awesome. But, yeah, because I'm at this point, I'm just speculating on that. But I'll have hopefully read Sandman by five years from now. It's, good stuff. it's one of those books. Like I, I, I have, I have the first one, at Preludes and Nocturnes. I always, I have like. Tried starting it like six or seven times, and it's it's, a, it's one of those you have to like you can't read like when you have a million other things going on. You have to just sit down and get and plow through it. And, yeah, you know, and dedicate it has, yourself. Yeah, to it really does. That's how I feel about most of Neil Gaiman's work. I don't know. He's a, he has that kind of like you just turn off your phone, do it all, like get out all distractions while you're reading his stuff because you just want to. If you're really gonna appreciate his material, you have to be completely. Did you read uh, Neverwhere or whatever it's called? No. Huh. Okay. I only I only ask because that show's coming out soon. We got American Gods coming out. Oh, that's what I meant. That. Not never. Oh, Mar- oh, American Gods. Yeah. You absolutely. have read that. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely. what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. Awesome. And that's and, by you know uh, one of Jordan's favorite guys. Yeah, ever, yeah. Brian Fuller, yes. best best man very working exciting. in TV. As I think far he's as gonna, I'm And there, he said that he's trying to stay very true to the source material. Because he's smart, you mean? Because you know, amazing, Because like, yeah. if you have a you know brilliant book that people and love. I can definitely see that be like I don't know if they're going to do it like a full on TV show or a miniseries because it's only one book. So well, I mean, I mean, it sounds it's like so long. well, I mean you know he's a, he's the sort of guy who knows when it's smart to deviate and when mm-hmm. not to. Yeah, he made Hannibal make sense on television screens. True. The the, the yeah, novel Hannibal, not the character Hannibal. Up. Yeah, yeah. Because the novel Hannibal amazing. is insane. That's 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 yeah, a, that's a tall order. It's based on Red Dragon, isn't it? Uh, well, the 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 they've adapted pretty much everything at this point. Right, They're this currently point. doing yeah, yeah. Red Dragon, but like the majority okay. of it was a prequel. Okay, yeah, yeah. To Red right. Dragon, basically. yeah. Um, 
So, all right. Well, that that, that captures your list. Jordan, you want to go? Sure. So, as big of a Marvel zombie as I am, I I have my DC moments. Um, I did. Oh, I have done done some Suicide Squad. Yeah. Which Uh, Suicide Squad? Sorry, just no, no, go ahead. Yeah, original and New Fifty Two. Awesome. You get far in New Fifty Two. I've read first two volumes. Nice. I read those. They're good. They're good. They're not. Oh my god. I like them though. Yeah. It makes me weirdly excited to see El Diablo on screen. Uh, I love him in the New Fifty Two. Pretty awesome. Awesome. Anyway. So for me, but it's been all, not all DC, but the books I feel like talking about that I can say something about are all DC this week. I mean, I read the Ant-Man trade that came out with uh, Scott Lang. By the way, I'm dying to read that. How was it? It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's Nick Spencer. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I like about it, I'll talk a little about Ant-Man. What I like is that he's basically just like, they canceled Superior Spider-Foes, so he's just like, I'm just going to make that book again, because he's making it a team book. Right. Like Ant-Man's running a security company, and he's got like the Grizzly. And And the uh, new Wasp. The, the new Wasp is... No, the new Beetle. New Beetle, He's going to join his team with the relaunch in the fall. So it's like, he's just like, nah, this is the book I want to write. I love how much comedy he incorporates into it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's great. I mean... You've read that too? The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's good. Um, it is... It's a little jarring, and it happens where uh, I had read fan, the FF run by Fraction. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's like just a huge tonal shift between Scott yeah, Lang there. Yeah. Well, he's super depressed, though, in the beginning of it, right? Of FF? Yeah. yeah well... It's about him, yeah, because in that, his daughter's still dead, and now she's alive again because comics. Right. Um, because reasons, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forget exactly why, which miniseries or event Or they it don't was. want you to remember because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, what was great about Ant-Man's transition is I could go with it, because I don't care as much about Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like him a lot more now, especially after the FF run, which is why I was a little bummed. But really, that's that's that was the first time I'd really read Scott Lang. Mm-hmm. Um but it can be difficult if you're familiar with the character for years and years, right. and then the tonal shift can really hit you hard in the face. Yeah. Uh, so that's my transition into Batgirl Volume One, ah, uh, the Batgirl yes. of Burnside. Right. Um, it was. I I, I don't want to be. I'm I'm young. I'd like to think I'm only just turned twenty four. Hey, if you back up a little bit, it's really loud. But it's hard to. Uh, it, it's it's still I'm getting to the point where I've read comics long enough that I'm a little bit get off my lawn when things change and I don't I don't want to be and I fight that. Look, dude, human nature is is to is to change is hard to embrace. People don't like by nature humans don't like change, and so you know just by the mere fact that if you're able to embrace it at all, that's impressive. Yeah, so but it's greedy and wrong to to expect characters that have been around since long before I was born. Uh, really, since long before most people were born these days, or yeah. at least before they were reading age. Right, most people we talked about comics um, at least, yeah. But it's a, it's a stark change, especially from the back, like, I was I was kind of bummed when she stopped being Oracle with okay. the new 52, but Gail Simone's my probably second favorite writer in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if Gail says she's got an angle on that, she's got an angle on that. Yeah, you know and I, mean? I really liked her Batgirl run, and this, you know what? After reading the whole thing and seeing a better view of it, I, I really did enjoy Batgirl of Burnside. It's just, it's so different, and she's portrayed as so much younger all of a sudden, and just, there, there's so much about it that was harder to get into, and it is sort of that, I mean, theoretically, I'm in the age range where I, this is the book that would be made to get me into comics, but I don't need to be brought into comics, but I'm glad that book exists. Right. Um, are you reading it in trades? Or? In trade, yeah. Okay, so, uh, like, where are you in the... the end of the first arc, so okay, like gotcha, the sixth gotcha. issue, I think. Right, cool. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Blam! Uh, apparently, nice. Rich has a copy <laughs> that he just picked up. Because I don't even know what's going to go on with the DC Universe once Convergence is going on and all that. Like, uh, I don't even... I mean, I finished um, Batman, like, the... Um, 
I think it's Red Issue 40, or, like, the end of Endgame. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't, like, apparently, yeah, Bruce Wayne's, like, no longer Batman once Convergence happens and all that. And but I, I think they're going to bring know. him back relatively soon. Oh, I'm sure all the time. I mean, well, no, well, I mean, they always do eventually. Right. This time it's going to be sooner than later, I think. Okay. Hmm. I think. By year's end? Yeah. Eh, okay. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Interesting. But, anyway, with Batgirl, it's just... I got used to that version of the character, and it's like, she's just more optimistic. It's like Mark Wade when yeah. when he took Daredevil and made him more optimistic, and not, like, the, the character had been in the dumps for, like, 25 right. years. Yeah, and we know um, DC needs that more, like, lightheartedness. They do, and that's yes. a lot of the, a lot of the uh, what they call, um... Young Gotham. Go, thank you. Wait. Which somehow Nightwing, or Dick Grayson is a part of it, I'm like, well, I mean, yeah. like, his book does not seem like it's in the same... But it is still fun. It is, it's still it is, more but it's not, than... it's not Gotham Academy, Black Canary, Batgirl. Which right. brings me to my bigger point. Like, I like Batgirl, but like, the thing that really got to me in the first couple of issues of the Batgirl trade was that uh, Black Canary is my favorite DC superhero. Okay. So it is a much different take on Black Canary okay. to the point where she's now, like, uh, just younger. They're all younger, and right, that's fine. Right, right. And I, I try to appreciate that I started reading Daredevil because of Mark Wade. Yes, changing him so radically. I started reading a lot of characters for that reason, so right. I'm not going to begrudge that this is the new Batgirl. And I really like it once I got through it and saw their like their first arc storyline was a lot of fun when it got down to the end. Yeah. Um, and Gotham Academy was a lot of fun. I yeah. also read that recently. So I'm 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 getting into it. It's Did still you read Batman Eternal. Not yet. Yeah, I've read like the first nineteen, whatever. Yeah. Rich, I lent him the first nineteen issues. He actually just didn't get to the twentieth, which is where the big shock happens. Okay, the I'm first just gonna get big into the, shock. I'll, I'll do the trades for that. But like, oh, you totally. The yeah. problem with the, the Batman Eternal trades is that they they just come out so late. Like the first yeah, one came did. out like after like the whole thing was almost over. Yeah. The second one is still is it just came out. Yeah, the second one just came out and a that, couple weeks and ago. And then the last one is in December. By the time that happens... Batman and Robin Eternal will be, like, midway through. I know. Yeah, like, I mean, it's wow. just... It's just so untimely. Like, I... And I and I, I, I can see the, the, the lot... Like, the when, lot. I, when I see that, when I see DC doing that, I'm like, why do that? Like, why not be more like Marvel and more, like, you know, po- prompt and punctual about, the, about your releases? Like... I know they want to inspire people to buy issues. Like, I get that. But, like, I don't think it makes that much of an... Insp- I don't really think it pushes people to buy issues that much. Like, do you have any idea why they do that? I don't know. Because, like, Future's End. Because, like, I, for me, at least, DC just read These days reads better as it trades than they do yeah. single issues. Well, the, every, well, that's because one of the reasons is you're absolutely right on with that. And, 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 and that's by editorial mandate. I was listening to the people who... I, I listened to a lot of craft... Uh, crafty um, podcasts yeah and the people who you know uh cameron stewart and brandon fletcher were talking about batgirl and like they literally when they first heard about this book they were like we want to do one-off stories like that's what we want to do with batgirl right now like fun one and done like adventures and they would all sort of like have a little you know tying each other together right right. but mainly one and dones and that's how they got excited about the book that's why they wanted to do the book all of a sudden dc is like no 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 our trade strategy is based around Five to six issue arcs. You yeah. gotta have one. So why even buy them as issues? It's, it's almost it's debatable. Yeah, you know, um, they were like, we gotta have arcs. I mean, you know yeah. how Warner Brothers and and and, and that's DC fine is. if they want to do yeah. that. But just, it's a very light arc. Yeah. No, that. it is that. Well, they fought. You yeah. know, and they said we're gonna still have our one offs, but we found a way to you know integrate it into yeah. an arc. But that's they weren't just Snyder, allowed to have one and done. They that's how Snyder's allowed. Batman reads. That's how all. I mean, how, yeah, they all read his arcs. Yeah, they really do. Um, um, anyway, but you love Batgirl or not? I, you I've were in the middle of the story. Yeah. I would say my favorite Batgirl run is still um, Brian Q. Miller's Stephanie oh, Brown really? Batgirl. Awesome! Yeah. I love that run. 
Um, and I'm super excited. DC... I mean, I'm just surprised that you like it even more than Simone, or even more than that Batgirl run that you were reading, uh, Batgirl and Robin one thing. Oh, that that was a miniseries, so oh, I mean, okay. that's like her year one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, more I, than I just, Gail Simone? You like yeah. the Q Miller? Yeah. Cool. I like them both. I, it's like, you know, they're both great. Yeah. Um, to me, what is interesting, but, but what I'm excited about is they are finally releasing a lot of their mid 2000 mm, series and big yeah, trades. Yeah. And I think that's my favorite era of DC for some reason. Um, and they're finally doing like the Cassandra Kane run in a big ultimate set. Awesome. Which Do is you know exciting to me. with the Harley Quinn book, like the Suicide Squad kind of spe- I've only seen, like I've seen some of the trades. I was just wondering if that was. Are you talking about the new Harley Quinn book? Yeah. Oh, I know all about it. Like, is it good? It's Jimmy, it's, it's beloved. Okay, cool. It took, good. it took, it took Harley I lo- Quinn. I mean, I love how they did Suicide Squad. Well, it's, it's, it's even more than that. It's right, more cool. of that. It's, it's on the funny side. It's okay, like, good. It's, it's, it's Deadpool. It's Deadpool, but it's Harley right, Quinn. I'll check it Deadpool. out. Yeah, yeah. and and it, and it's by Palmiotti, um and his wife, and so okay. it really gets a good really. So there's a female voice done really oh, cool. well. Nice. It, you'll love it. Amanda. Oh, I was very yeah, curious. I just right. wanted to see if either you had read it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Jimmy Palmiotti and Jimmy Palmiotti's wife, because that's all she is. <laughs> now, I didn't remember her name, but yeah, Amanda <laughs> Connor. <laughs> Anyways, nice. uh, the other things I've been reading are sort of tied, sort of not really. They're they're similar. Um, I've been rereading uh, 52, which is okay. possibly my favorite DC story. Like, I love 52. And that is so... Just, I've always heard you say that, and it always makes me want to read it so bad. It's pretty genius stuff, and it was their I first mean, big Rocka, weekly series. It's Morrison, it's uh, Giffen. Johns, and uh, uh, oh, uh, Mark Wade. I mean, that's so fucking star-studded. Yeah. Well, star-studded isn't, isn't always the biggest thing, because, I mean, a lot of these weekly series, they get, like, they're big writers, okay. but... right. It's all about the way they work together, and they it's like they, they, they alchemy happened, yep, and yep, they made yeah. an amazing weekly series. Is that, the whole thing good throughout? Yes. There's not like any lulls or, or... Well, the thing is, they use... What I think any weekly series runs into is stagnation, where they, they just they let stories sit, or they'll yeah. put them in just to put them in, and nothing will happen. Right. Um, what 52 has that I think any other... Really, I, if every weekly series had this, it would probably be stronger for it, is that running clock. They were on a 52-week schedule, and the universe, it's like this is the missing year of the DCU, so each issue is a week. So they really had to work hard at going, okay, when is this going to happen? How long can we... They had to really think through their storylines. They couldn't so just the have a week. was very, very well-defined in a very structured way. Yeah, it was like each issue would have, you know, each scene would start off like week 50, day 1, week mm. 39, day 7, or whatever. And it would show you where in time. So if an issue ends on a big cliffhanger, it would pretty much have to start the next issue right away because that cliffhanger would happen at midnight on okay. the end of the, the That's previous really cool. week. So that nothing is left can stagnate because the clock's ticking. Yeah, it's like, well, where have they been for a couple weeks? Well, they've been laying low because they had to be undercover. And so they would use different excuses or, or have ways that you could naturally but extend storylines. they story always lines. had to explain it. Yeah, they would always have to give a timestamp. And that is a problem with a lot of weekly series, even the other ones I've read and liked okay, is that they just sort of go, okay, this week, Grifters looking for more parademons. And I say that because I've been also reading Future This Stand. is what I wanted to hear about, so how is it? It's enjoyable. You know, it's nothing great so one? far. I have not finished the Wait, first one. Saying? Yeah. Okay. I've heard um, really I've... great things from people at Ultimate Comics, and then I've heard really mixed things online. I like... Had a couple of issues, but I just it didn't really. I, same thing. I had like the first eight or nine. Yeah, and it didn't grab me, and everyone's yeah. like, "No, no, no!" I was at Ultimate Comics. It's one. I should say one guy in particular, really smart guy. He really loves Valiant Comics. Really loves a lot of like really good stuff. Was it's it great. Alan? No, 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 okay. no, not the owner. Um, but he was. Um, 
Oh, there it is. Oh. Yeah, I, I've got my copy. Uh, but but anyway, they were just like I was going in there. And I was, I was the like, I got I was like, I gotta cancel my subscription. I can't. I have too many books. They were like, anything but Future's End is so good. It's so good. Yeah. And I was like, really? Right, What's God. like the basic story? I mean, I know it, it was post. Um, what a beautiful evil. trade. Basically, the the gist is that thirty years in the future of the DCU. Um, Brother Eye has just taken over the world, turned everyone into techno-robots, and uh-huh. so Batman and the few survivors are like, we gotta go back in time and stop... Basically, it's like Bruce Wayne and Mr. Terrific put Brother Eye back in orbit okay. and led to the apocalypse. And so Bat- Batman dies, like, trying to right. go back in time, so Batman Beyond goes back. Okay. But he ends up five years late. So okay. that's the whole future's end, is like, it's set five years in the future of whatever New 52's current timeline Time was. Okay, gotcha. And so Batman Beyond goes back, and there's a couple things going on. He's trying to break into... But but the thing is, I'm like... It, it's just very slow-paced. Like, he's been, like, since he got back in issue one. I gotta break into Terrificek. And I'm on issue 11, and he's still like, Alright, let's put a team together to break into Terrificek. Come on! <laughs> and then the Agents of Shade, Frankenstein and Amethyst... Oh, I love. They're at the far flanks because there's also this, this unknown great evil coming. Dude, um, there he is. Yeah, nice. the, badass. Nice. The 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 great thing about like if you look at the talent pool, I, I feel like maybe they're just they're trying to stall. Who are the artists on that? Um, Patrick Zercher, okay. Aaron Lopresti, and Jesus Marino. Okay, cool. Um, and Giffen's involved in this one too. Cool. From Fifty Two. Uh, and the that's thing, a beautiful looking trade. The, it's a big trade. It's got you know eighteen, 18 issues. issues. That's yeah. nice. Uh, and but but For what thirty or thirty five? Uh, it was forty on okay. retail, so I got it on Amazon because no. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Um, but what I, I think the thing I like about it, first of all, it reads better in trade. Not right, shocking because yeah, you can just blitz. Oh, through exactly. It. That was probably my issue was just having a few issues at time. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, you lose and, track too. Yeah, exactly. It's so complex, and oh, exactly. convoluted in a way. Yeah. You know, the two lead writers they have listed are Brian Azzarello and Jeff Lemire, who are insanely good. Sure. Right? Yes. Um, you know, you also got Dan Jurgens and Keith Giffen. Yeah. Uh, and the the main reason I wanted to get back to it is apparently it actually does continue some story threads from Lemire's Green Arrow run, uh, which is interesting to me. I haven't really gotten to that yet, but I don't know. I'm 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 there's there's some cool interesting stuff. There's Superman's wearing a helmet for some reason, so I'm guessing it's not Clark Kent. You can see okay, he's cool. like all helmeted up. Um, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see where it goes. I also have Volume Two, which is okay. the next thirteen issues oh, really? of the series. Yeah. Um, what to me is cool about it is that it's all it, it, it basically feels like a collection of all the characters whose books got cancelled <laughs> like it's got Grifter, Stormwatch uh, Hawkman, Frankenstein well that's also so a part- if like NBC had they'd made a spin-off show of all the characters that got cancelled exactly it's kind of like that <laughs> part, right. part of that though comes down to the fact that because again I listen to a lot of those writers talk and what they say is you know, when you go into a book like this, the first conversation you have is who's not being used, mm-hmm. who can we use? You know what I mean? And so that, by definition, well, but, but what's interesting about that, and maybe it's because it's set five years in the future, so everyone you see has a slightly different history. Like again, Superman's wearing that hat or that that mask. Uh, Mister Terrific is relevant. Um, <laughs> I feel bad <laughs> saying that, but his book crashed so hard out of the yeah. New Fifty Two yeah. game. Omac is in that. Omactivate! Omactivate. It's pretty much everyone who's been cancelled, which is kind of funny. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I did like a lot of those characters. Um, the one other thing, and now it's slipping my mind and I feel bad. A Firestorm's in it. Like, seriously. Oh, just Firestorm. look at the cancellation list nice. and pick someone out, and they're probably featured in this book. 
Um, but they were all cool characters. They, they are. They, they they were just they they got canceled and they just it was didn't a find an audience. You know that quickly enough at least. Yeah. Uh, but at any rate, you know it. I, I can't really speak to it yet, just because. I'm only, like, halfway through the first volume, so I need to give it more time. Volume 3 of this is coming out much sooner. It's coming out at the beginning of September. Okay. Uh, which is a huge, ridiculously fast turnaround for DC these days. Uh, when see, is it? The beginning of what? September. Okay. So, I haven't read it yet, too, but um, Batman Earth 1 Volume 2 finally came out a couple months ago, I think. Oh. Which the first volume was excellent. Did that, you really like it? I have the yeah. first one, which I haven't read it yet. It's good, yeah. That's okay. the other thing. Uh, Earth 2 is in this a lot. Oh, and cool. I've really nice. been enjoying... Nice. Uh, at our friend Holden's recommendation, Earth yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I read the first trade of yep. that, and uh, is that really good? I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun so far. Um, I need to get more trades, but anyway, uh, that's basically what I've been reading. I will. Do you still read Green Arrow? Uh, I'm all. I haven't You're read it. Then I'm caught up on trades. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, so yeah. the whole Lemire run. So there's right, one right, more yeah. left. Yeah, there's one more. No, no, he's done. But have you not read the last one? I haven't read... I've read the last one. Oh. I've read all the Lemire stuff. Next is, like, the, the TV showrunners had a trade. Oh, and someone else really, is on okay. the book now where they made it a horror Wait, book. Wait, he had a... The TV showrunner had a trade in addition to... Because they made a series... Uh, like, a series that coincides yeah, with... Yeah, they had, like... Well. They had, like, a full-on Green Arrow Oh, yeah, not, not season yeah, yeah, 1.5. Yeah, yeah. They also... Yeah, they also had their own. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, so, anyway, Rich, what have you been reading? All right, well, let's see here. Um, I read some interesting... Some interesting stuff. Um... I start a lot of things that I haven't gotten to finish yet. One of those is Batgirl. Uh, mm-hmm. I've read the first issue of this. I really like it. Now, you were telling me, Jordan, that Batgirl um, uh, has a huge twist at the end. Isn't that right? Yes. Where is that? Like what? what end of you... issue five. Okay. That sounds awesome. It's really, really good, huh? I liked where it went with it, yeah. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, as you, you probably know, I live for twists, so I'm really pumped oh. to get to that. Uh, I also started Gotham Academy. I read the first couple nice. issues of that. I really like that. That's really fun. Um, I read the first couple issues of Drifter. Which you picked up at the con I from did. the man himself. Uh, from the man oh, himself, cool. uh, Brandon, um, uh, Ivan Brandon. Uh, I just, well, I can't remember. No, I know, it's fine. Anyway, um, but it's gorgeous book. I mean, just, just beautiful art. Nice. I mean, look at this gorgeous art, right? And it's it's really cool, but... Kind of like his Vikings book he did. He also did... It was the same uh, creative team, Nick Klein and, and Ivan Brandon. And that book was just like... It's almost like it goes out of its way to be obtuse. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's... And this book's the same way. It's like... And kind of... Roche Limit was... Well, Roche Limit had a different reason why it was a little obtuse. It just wasn't quite... The flow just wasn't that good in the way it was written. Although I like that story. This one, it's just like... Like, I'll give you an example. When we saw the guy speak at the event... Or I, I saw him uh, do a panel... And when he talked about this book, like everything he he said to the audience was like couched in the idea of if you've read the first whole arc, you'll understand why blah blah blah. Or if you okay. re- you know, so it's like by issue five, there's some kind of reveal somehow that like changes fundamentally what you know about everything in the book. It's that kind of book. But what that means is you have four and a half issues of like vagaries and 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 and, and keeping things purposely obscure and, right. and 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 stuff. So it just doesn't flow that well. For that reason, so I'm like, I'm trying to get through it because I know once I get there, I'm going to be just like Jason Aaron on the back here who says crazy good and super gorgeous sci-fi. But for right now, it's like crazy obtuse and super gorgeous <laughs> sci-fi. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to uh, getting further in that. Okay. I read this. So what so is this? Tales of Honor. I was about to get to. <laughs> okay. It. Yeah, no, no. I read this. <laughs> so this is based on um, the Honor Harrington books, and this is like okay. a big sci-fi series that's out. 
Um, but Matt Hawkins is an interesting guy. He is the uh, editor-in-chief of Top Cow um, for the last eight to ten years. But he actually has like a science background. He wrote that book, Think Tank. He's writing this. Okay. Uh, he's also writing a really cool other book called The Tithe, which is like uh, uh, a heist. But it's a heist of a super church hmm. because, you know, to, to get the tithe, yeah. you know, like the, all the money they collect. And so it's really cool, and like and like they're like a Robin Hood organization. It's really kind of a neat concept. But anyway, he's a, he's an interesting writer. So when we went to Heroes Con, I picked this book up. Been wanting to get it, but I didn't want to spend twenty bucks on it. Um, and I just wanted to sort of dig in. It is just, and what's really interesting, and you can so tell, it's almost like an experience. It's almost like an experience in understanding the way comics are put together because he wrote the dialogue. Like when he got this book. Yeah. The, the people who are like putting this together, like who wanted this to come out because they they own the franchise, they wanted to lead into a movie, so they wanted a comic book made, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they actually had an artist draw the whole thing, and then like they weren't happy with the writing, so they brought Matt Hawkins in to add the, all the text, and you can tell, okay. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not written, it's not written like I mean it's just like look at this, it's it, and I can't in, in listener land you can't see what I'm talking about, but it's just like it's super long and wordy. It's almost like he's just like trying to transpose a novel into here, right? And it's just, and what you see on the thing, it's like it's kind of a. Anyway, you can just tell it's just janky, you yeah. know. That said, it's a pretty interesting story, but okay. at the same time, it begins exactly where it ends, and it's just I don't know. So I wasn't really impressed with Tales of Honor. I wish I liked it more because I love the concept and I really want to dig into something new. I mean, doesn't that just have a cool idea look to it? Yeah, you know? it does. Very so, Mass Effecty. Yeah, that's why it appeals to me. I think you just mm-hmm. edited it out. Anyway, Tales of Honor, I, I take a pass on it, but it's interesting cool um and then i've been reading a lot of valiant uh, i've read the first couple uh, archer and armstrong which i actually liked it better the second time i read the first archer and armstrong because i went into it thinking it's going to be one thing and it is that thing but you got to be in the right mood for that book for me right. like if i'm not in the right mood for that kind of book it kind of just i don't know like like um archer or is it yeah archer is the young guy like his whole relationship with like his girlfriend that or is, is like that girl that he grew up with. There's a girl that he grew up with, and like yeah. he's like a he's like a young like assassin guy, uh, yeah. and his family has like nefarious purposes, and they bring in all these like orphans and turn them into assassins. So like his stepsister or whatever, and him sort of have like a a flirty relationship and like fun. It's not yeah. really his sister, you know. It's just some pers- fellow assassin. Cl- anyway, but like she's super over the top. Her name is like. Uh, uh, Mary Maria or something like okay. that you know and, and and it's just like it's very over the top it's very um, like corny cheesy funny yeah. and like you have to be in the right mood for that kind of thing okay, cool. so anyway aren't um, they doing like a Valiant um, they are thing at the Ultimate Comics the, like opening they are yeah that'll be cool when is that Next. Saturday but that the Valiant part yeah they're well Venditti's there is Saturday or I Sunday I can't wait I think it's the first so Sunday yeah 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 cool. or yeah. Saturday Saturday my bad Anyway, cool. I can't yeah, wait for so. that. I love it. <laughs> love it. Cool. Anyway, I've also been reading a couple other books. I read Exo Manowar. Because okay. I really want to just like read all the Valiant books and get caught up. Because there's yeah, so yeah, much cool yeah. shit happening. Yeah. And then there's that like uh, House of Death or what? what is it called? Do you remember? Book it's of like, the Dead? Book of the Dead. You shook your head like you don't know. And you fucking totally know. Yeah, Book of the Dead. And so it's like actually exploring the future of the Valiant universe and like everybody's death. Or maybe their death or whatever. It's really an interesting okay. thing to do. To me, it's kind of like limiting. If you take every character in your whole universe and show how they're going to die, yeah. that's. But it's working. Like they're selling like mad copies of it. Yeah. And they did something really unique where they actually, you know, how they always put out like variant incentives. So if you order like fifty copies of a book, you'll get a couple of variants as a comic shop. Right. That's how variants work, right? Okay. Um, if you want like certain rare ones, if you want them, like you for every fifty copies, we'll give you one copy of this rare variant. So. 
Valiant put out a special like prequel to the whole Book of the Dead thing to like sum up like what's going on and give you the background. And it's actually a variant comic. And it's like if you don't have it, that comic material is available nowhere. It's not available online. It's not available in any other issue form. And so Ultimate Comics and any other comic shop has to charge like $45, $50 for it. So yeah. literally there's certain content in that story that's locked behind a $50 paywall, which to me is really weird uh, and maybe not ideal. But it's just an interesting thing that Valiant's doing cool. different. But anyway, Valiant is just like taking all these risks. They're trying all this cool new stuff. They're really pushing it forward. They're hiring Olesh Khan and, uh, and just doing lots of stuff to push forward stuff. So I want to like get into, into Valiant, like understand what's going on, why it's so awesome, because everyone tells me it's so good. Yeah. So, I, so I read Man of War, which is awesome. I know Jordan likes that one too. Yeah. I know you also really like Quantum and Woody. I like it okay. Um, and then Harbinger, I really freaking love. So at the very beginning, like you said, Jordan, of this, issue, of this one, it is a little weird because he basically has the power to like, you know, take over and dominate somebody's mind. And, like, he basically makes a girl fall in love with him, which okay. is a little skeezy. It's extremely skeezy. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> but as the story progresses, like, you know, he, he sets her free, and he's really regretful about it, and, like, That's you know, he, he's okay. kind of evolved. So there is a whole arc to okay. it. Uh, it's, just, it's, really a, it's just really a cool book. Uh, cool. I love it. And it has a great villain, you know? And in a world where villains are, you know, you need a good villain for yeah. your book to really rock. Toyo Harada is the villain. He's this Asian dude here. And he's literally, like, a better character than the main character is. He's awesome. And, he, and now they have, like, a book starring him called Imperium. And there's just so much to the, the Valiant universe that I'm just dying to just Fast dig growing. into. Really. So, anyway, those are uh, those are my main ones. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's it for now. I might think okay. of others as we go. All cool. right. So that brings us to news. Where, Comic-Con. Yeah. San Diego right. Comic-Con happened. A lot of news. Some of this news might have happened a little outside of, of San Diego. But whatever. Right, it's, right. it's big stuff it's we're all talking about. It's all in that realm. Uh... So I guess we'll hit the bigger, the big things first. And I guess the biggest thing anyone wants out of a Comic-Con is them trailers. Of course. Uh, and so... Well, we talk about first the fact that, okay, the Suicide Squad thing, like, it was that... I don't know if people, listeners know that that wasn't officially a trailer. It was a Comic-Con promo thing. Yeah, and it then was. they were like... Did you see the announcement on their Facebook page? I for did. The thing? Yeah, it was like... It was this... Um, we were trying to keep this under wraps, but... Um, we recognize that it's impossible to in a social media world. Like it was so stupid, but it was. They basically said the, yeah. the we try to release these sizzle trailers right. for our Comic Con fans. Yeah, um, and, and basically the be- right and the behavior of a few, and they were really harsh. They were like the behavior of a few undesirables, or they I don't know what they called them. When you get six thousand people in a room with iPhones, like there's going to be three or four that yeah. they do that leak. And it through. happened. I mean, yeah. it happened with every movie. Deadpool yeah. had a leak. Yeah. Exactly. Apocalypse yeah. had a leak. But DC sort of rewarded the behavior by actually releasing it officially. So, right. Wow. So, but the, but they wanted to for that very reason. I think Jordan they wanted to also put this little thing on it and say. Fuck, we're not rewarding your behavior. No but one's going to see that. Right. Everyone's just going to go to YouTube and be like, oh, there's a Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's totally what everybody did. So just a quick spiel about that. No, it, it is interesting. Funny. That is funny. interesting. Yeah, because that's, that's just how you know, 21st century operates. Well, well, what did we like, think? Well, first of all, generally speaking, I don't usually look at those. I don't really care enough to seek them out. Yeah, yeah. This time, Jordan and I were parked outside Krispy Kreme. Like, that's, that's incriminating, <laughs> but it's true. And we were pulling it up. And dude, we were watching this like janky version, man. We were it was so janky, and, and oh, I watched the really yeah like on that that Saturday. I watched yep. like a really that was it. It was a Saturday. Up, yeah. Up, Up Rocks put it up first. Like they were the first. They put up like a low quality version of a guy iPhone on there. Like um, and then and then it went from there. But like 
Yeah, I, I think I watched I watched that trailer way more times than the Batman v Superman. Oh, uh, totally. Well, let me just say this. I'll, I'll just start the conversation by saying mm. this. While watching it in that low quality, there was all this like echoing with that weird like singing that was going on. Have you heard, have you heard it was that song? And, though? No, but it it's was really good. But it, but it was echoing and like chambery and like really obnoxious. And, and so, like, a lot of it, like, just, like, a lot... The trailer being on low quality really d- damaged it in a lot of ways for me to enjoy it when I watched it that way. Uh-huh. Except for the Leto part. That part came through hauntingly. And when I'm yeah, there and creepy. I can barely see it, and he's just, and he's just like, I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just gonna hurt you. Really, really bad. I was fucking horrified. And it takes a lot to scare me in a movie. Like, he genuinely frightened me. He's killing it. I yeah. was blown away by Jared Leto in it. Yeah, and then when I, I saw the real trailer, I was like, dude, there yes. is nothing to worry about. He's fucking killing it. I thought. I thought he was awesome. What I do you guys said. think? So oh, far. I loved it. I mean, first thought, well, that song, it was perfect for it. It's the it's a song called um, I Started a Joke by the Bee Gees. And the lyrics are just as creepy as it is in the movie. Because, like, in the last um, verse of it, it's like, uh, I finally died, which started the whole world living. And... Um, but I, I mean, even though that wasn't really meant to be a trailer, I thought it came together perfectly because it gave you just enough, like, you, you got the main concept for people who don't know what Suicide Squad is, um, just to get an idea of what this movie will be about, and it gave you little looks at the characters. I have a friend who said, who thinks it's gonna flop because it's too many B characters that Your no one wrong. About. Yeah, I, and well, that's what I'm not... Joker's in it, Batman's in it a little bit. And what I'm saying is that, like... There's going to be a lot of characters, but I think they're just going to focus on the core of, like, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, yeah. Yeah. Um, El Diablo. Look, I mean, it is the Suicide Squad, so they have to have, like, the whole crew. I mean, I think right. they may have gone a little overboard. They should have had a few less, in my opinion, right, from right, what right. I can tell. But, but that what said, I'm, saying is, I'm like, really excited to see all these B characters. Oh, exactly. Uh, I mean, well, they just did it with Guardians of the Galaxy last year. You know? like, it'll depend on the marketing push and the word of mouth. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, it's hard to care about anything DC's doing, because... I didn't like Man of Steel that much. I didn't either. Um, but, but this looks so different, doesn't it? It does. Like that's a. It looks like the same universe oh, in tone. Um, no, I think it, I think it looks. I think it looks. Well, more. this one I'm excited because, like, I'm not a big fan of them doing like. I think we had to be talking about this last time. Like dark, like film noir tone across the border. But here, I think it does. It may not even be dark the entire time. It's going to be creepy, but like for instance, I think that's Joker torturing Harley Quinn at the end. Um, I have heard like, that theory, yeah. right? And so, which would make sense because, well, you look at the first volume of New Fifty Two Suicide Squad; it kind of has that going on. Like, mm-hmm. don't they bring Joker back from? Like, they they have him more in flashbacks there, yeah. But they had, you know, and so I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case there. And like, it's they, but there's also opportunity for humor too. I mean, yep. like, I don't think it's going to be entirely. It'll be dark, but I mean, it's a Suicide Squad movie. That's that's okay to be. Dark. You can make a dark Suicide Squad movie, a dark Batman movie. That's fine. When it's across the border, yeah, it's going to be too much. Right, but, right. No, I agree with you. I think I think that the, the tone, the DC tone will actually fit this pretty well. Yeah, I think. Plus, it's not Snyder. I mean, it's you know, not Snyder. It's going to have its own thing. Yes, You exactly. know, and I don't know. I'm really, really, really And optimistic. he's right. He wrote I, He wrote it, too. He's not, doesn't have any other writers. Yeah, I'm guarded optimism. I, I didn't, That's what I didn't see enough to really care either way. Okay. Um, Jared Leto, it's like, well, he was on screen two seconds, so it's like, that's not enough Those to judge Those two seconds were amazing. They were amazing. It looked all right. Have you ever seen the movie Mr. Nobody with Jared Leto? Cause I have I'm not trying seen to, that. That is a fantastic movie. You should watch that, too. It's a, like, because I'm just going back through Jared Leto's movies just to get ready for the, but 
Um, and he, what I like about it, like, because he's such a method actor, he can play such a diverse range of roles. Mm-hmm. And, like, there, it's, okay, he plays a super older version of himself and a young adult version mm-hmm. of himself. And you would think he was a different actor playing the older guy, you know? I mean, he does it that well, so... That's what I'm excited about. So yeah, no, I mean, I realize that my that my like enthusiasm for for the Leto performance, you know, is very uh, uh, exaggerated based on the li- very limited well, range. But I just I couldn't get are. over the fact that it, it moved me in it a couple does, seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was just like, that's really hard to do, and the timing on it was perfect. Yeah, and and I just. From somebody that I thought I was going to be like, this is freaking ridiculous, to that, maybe that could have helped. The right, low expectations right, right, right. to high. But, I mean, I was just, like, really floored by it. And, I don't know, I think he's going to kill it. I'm I mean, I'm sure he will, but I also, you know, it's like, how long is he actually going to be in the movie? Not maybe Remains that long. The, maybe the not question. that long, yeah. I'm thinking it'll be more at the end. Like, I'm thinking uh, it'll be more like 15 minutes throughout. Possibly. We'll see. Uh, sure. I don't know. Just for me... He's not gonna be like, we know he's in flashbacks because you saw those set photos. And that's all right, like him with Harley right. at the car, and he's spinning around with his coat yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that. So we like, know he's got to be somewhere in the early stages. It'll probably be all cool. flashback. Cause if, if that is him torturing her, then I would imagine it's a that lot kind of That kind of does cap scenes. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then maybe he'll appear in the final analysis and, like, throw a wrench in the plan or something at the very end, maybe, or something. Uh, okay, yeah. I don't know. I'll withhold till there's an actual trailer, because... Yeah, I mean, this isn't an actual trailer. Let's keep that in mind, too. And also, yeah. I didn't like the first Batman v Superman teaser at all. I thought it looked terrible. The first teaser now. No. But the, the San Diego Comic-Con trailer, I could go. actually go with. Here, yeah, here I have several thoughts on. One, okay, for one, okay, people are saying that, like, uh, they've kept the plot and details about the movie really under wraps. I don't think so. Like, yeah. I think the opposite. Like, I, I feel like I know so much about this movie already. I know exactly what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen because, okay, so you have, like, uh, we have first, it's basically, like, a lot of Dark Knight Returns, but the reverse in that in this world, the world is anti-Superman, whereas in Dark Knight Returns, they're anti-Batman, all that, and Superman comes is hired by the president to come and save them, whereas in this one, they're fearful of Superman as a result of the Metropolis battle with Zod, and now Batman is going to rise up, and, and also Lex Luthor. Well, more Lex Luthor is going to be like an the people's image. Yeah, exactly, an instigator. And I don't know. There were rumors a few months ago about like a dark side appearance um, being like, which would make sense if like he came in at the end, when, or, like if he was played by Oscar by, Isaac. No, yeah, really. Sure. I mean, really at this point, heck yeah. Um, and like you know, he's used by Lex Luthor, and then that pivots Batman and Superman into an alliance. Yada yada yada. But I still don't know how Wonder Woman's going to fit into all. That's this. what I'm wondering. That's, when I saw her, the it's only just like, thing. Just like all of a sudden, all right, I saw her bracelets right. flying. That's cool. Yeah, she looks great as Wonder Woman. She looks great. But, but what's great about what her way she looks as Wonder Woman to me? Again, it was very brief. But she looks like a different Wonder Woman. Yeah, she does. She mm-hmm. may look really good, but she doesn't look like like the same. Yeah, either. yeah she's yeah. like a new. I don't know. Right, a new take on it, which I liked. The other thing, which is going to lead into my thoughts on the Batman standalone, you know, you saw the Robin suit in that in the trailer, right? With the, yeah, like with the Joker writing on it. Do you not see that? Rich? Mm, nothing to remember. Where he's lo- like Ben Affleck's doing the like look like the brood. That. Yeah. The, oh the yeah, brood. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. he looks, and it says it has a Robin suit, and it says "Ha ha, jokes on you, Batman." Okay. It would make sense if that were uh, Jason Todd's suit, and you know he he's already dead mm. because the Joker kills him. Like in the if you know that storyline from Death in the Family, right? Um, and then you know, if they follow suit with that, he eventually becomes Red Hood, which that would make a really good storyline for the Batman standalone because 
that would be something different. We're not going to be doing an origin or a mob thing or anything of that again. We'd be doing something fresh. And, I mean, it would coincide with, like, that time frame in the comics for the most part. Yeah. So. That sounds cool. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, it's clear here that he's gone into retirement because, and, I mean, as he does in the comics because Jason Todd dies and he can't, um, he, he feels the in Dark Knight turns that he can't go back after that. And I'll tell you who I am mixed on in the movie. Lex Luthor. I'm like 50-50. Yeah, I'm, I'm still. I like Jesse Eisenberg, but... Me I, too. I, mean, I met him, I interviewed him, he's a great guy. Oh yeah, you interviewed him, that's awesome. Yeah, he's yeah, for yeah. technician. And yeah. He's a great guy. And he's really smart, he's really talented, I like a lot of his roles. One weird thing is that Ultra movie he's about to, he's in right yeah, now. Yeah, he's preview like for that. The trailer like, suddenly started dropping. Yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. out of the sky. And, and yeah, also, what's good. her name from uh, Twilight's in it too? Christmas oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, I would like to hear uh, your take on the Batman yeah, Superman. I don't know. I I thought it looked more interesting. Yeah, uh, they're going to be fighting the whole movie, which so, I hate. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I figured yeah. you'd hate. Um, I don't really have much of a strong feeling on Superman, <laughs> so it's hard to really care it's much. Hard to there. have a strong feeling on Superman. At the end of the day, he's a good guy by oh, definition. But he may be misunderstood, but he is a freaking blue Boy Scout. So it's like there's not much to like think about him. It's like well, I there's think depth that, no, to him. On that note, you... okay, what is up with Zack Snyder's version of Ma, versions of Ma and Pa Kent? Okay, why do they the look fr- like 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 uh, like uh, cracked out? Uh, she looks kind of cracked out. And, like, yeah, and like and... well, in the first She's old. in Man of Steel, she was he you know Pa Kent was the one like don't be. But in the first one, like Kevin Costner's, you don't know that many things. And then in the yeah, and at the end of this, she says like, um, "You don't know this world a thing." That's like exactly what Catwoman says to Batman in Dark Knight Rises. Is it not? You know, like yeah. it just it doesn't make sense because I'm okay with like reinventions on the mythos and stuff, like whatever. Like Superman's killing Zod. I've just come to whatever they want to do something different. That's fine. Like Lois Lane, or even Superman. I, I've come to terms with those things. I still can't get behind like reinventing Mon Pa Kent because there's such an essential component of Clark Kent's character. The reason and he is, it's who the he reason is. he becomes Superman. So I'm just not a fan of them being like cynical and everything because it just doesn't make sense. There's be other everything things, or be nothing. Exactly. Like there's other things you can do to like change up the mythos and stuff, and that's fine. But like. Mon Pa can't need to remain there. <laughs> They're like, sacred, they huh, need, Kevin? They are. They need to remain this, like, you know, Midwestern values, like, everything, you know? Like, that's just such a vital component to me of Superman's character. That's, that's that interesting. I, I'm not behind them being changed. I, Go ahead. I don't know. It doesn't bother me, because I don't think... It's not like she's saying don't do anything. She's saying it's your choice. You're yeah. your own man. You can do what you want. And don't feel obligated. Kind yeah. of like a good mom would say. I you think know, that's the point. Is Superman doesn't do it because he has to. He does it because he wants to. Right. And you know, yeah. I mean, I hear that. I just think it, it maybe it's coming across slightly different in the previews. It'll come across when you see yeah, her. That's she true. has a, I mean, a more overall it is more early performance. To all you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but yeah. here's my thought on both trailers. And I didn't really think about this when I saw the Suicide Squad trailer, but mm-hmm. I heard some people complaining about some of the dialogue. We put up, we made a hole, and then we threw away the hole, or we threw them in a hole, and then we threw away the hole. Like that's a lame. Oh hole. yeah, yeah. That line's lame. Yeah, yeah. And some people one, love it. Yeah. So I've yeah. seen both. I don't, I, you know, again. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just I, saying, yeah. It, my biggest problem with the DC movies, just in general, is that I am perfectly happy with what they're doing on Arrow and Flash, so it's like, I don't really exactly. care I agree. that they're doing a Suicide Squad movie, because I like, I like Deadshot on Arrow. I like, yeah. I mean, well, 
I, I'm, I'm excited. I will see it. Of course, I will see it. Maybe it'll be awesome. I don't yeah, care. I'm, I'm most excited though. because Harley Quinn. Like that. Yeah. That's the thing. And I'm most excited about the Joker. But then I get mad because yeah. Arrow couldn't use Harley Quinn because they were making that movie. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's lame. That's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is frustrating. But anyway, then the Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad, and then Batman vs Superman. Like that trailer is so awesome. The new one, like so, it's like it's mm-hmm. awesome in the way that it gets me pumped and excited. It get you pumped. And I'm getting really pumped. And then it fizzles out at the end where he goes. The red coats are coming. Red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. I was like, like what couldn't they've chosen a better line yeah, to end really. it on? It just sounded funny. It, it was like weird. It didn't. It was like I unclimactic. It. I didn't get it. Yeah, I, I liked know. it. All yeah. right. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't get it. But I, anyway, I but we'll see. And then also with that, it's now Affleck will be directing the Batman standalone and co-writing it. And of, course, starring, which of and of course Star, which of course was his freaking reason for doing all of this, right? right? He wants to a, I mean, like, and he wants he, to direct that, he and that's fine because I mean, we can like people are still going to be like, I can't stand back to Ben Affleck's Batman. What a you know, just get over it. But we can all agree, you got to get this over guy, it. This guy can write and direct. Like, I mean, right? Um, I think Town, Argo, girl, Argo. I think he um, looks like he brings the right weight to it in the trailers. Oh, I think he does. Yeah, I mean, like I. I was surprised by it when it was first announced, but now, I, I mean, that's... Oh, he's nailing it. Yeah. And actually, yeah. I think he did a really good job looking not like Ben... I mean, he looks just like Ben Affleck, of course. He's Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah. But he did a really good job looking like Bruce Wayne. Like, when I saw him in the, uh, like, in that one where, where uh, Jeremy Irons, who also looks great in it, by the way, right, right. is going up. Yes, that turns good men. Cool. cool. Yeah. I love that. It's, that was awesome. I love that line. I love the way that they do it in that trailer. And, and I mean, when he's there, and he's like... That's the thing, because, that like... Look, it's really... He even, pulls it off really well. Even Bale's Batman, it was still, a, like... I mean, he wasn't, to, I don't think, to the extent that this one's going to go to in terms of, like, the depths he'll go to take people down and stuff. Because he's older, he's more unhinged. I yeah. Think, you know? I just think he's going to really kill it. I think Daredevil's yeah, going to surprise anyone yeah. who doesn't already know he's going to be Well, awesome. I feel like he takes too much heat because of Daredevil, but... It's not his fault that was a bad movie. That was just poorly written, poorly right. directed. Like, he didn't have anything to do with that. He just played the character. But Still know. never seen that one. Yeah. You're not going to say anything. But, it's on my list. But it's not you his seen fault. seen No, it's the sequel-ish. Yeah. You don't need to. Yeah, yeah, no. I've seen I've seen Ghost Rider and Punisher, though. I always think of those three <laughs> together. The Engines of Vengeance or whatever. I've not seen Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, I actually like I the Punisher, though. Oh, I think a lot of people do. The Thomas Jane one? Yeah, oh, yeah that that's to good. love. Yeah, that one's good. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, it sounds so, like we all have some cautious optimism. Yeah, about and, these that, and that's a good thing to do because every time I get too excited, it always disappoints. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I'm worried about with Guardians too. Like, yeah. I'm really worried that I'm going to be like ready for like the freaking second coming, and then I'm be like, oh, it's good, but it's know. my exact worry with Civil War. But we'll yeah. talk a bit more about Civil War later, seeing as there were some Civil War moments in Ant Man. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, what else DC? So we got. Green Lantern Corps, you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. So the Green Lantern Corps, not much to say. There's not much to say, unfortunately. This is still five years away, but... It's so um, long. It is. And, like, I, I, I'm almost... I'm surprised they announced it this early, but that's the trend these days. Is like, But, I mean, I'm glad they're going that... Just, I mean, quick, I'm glad they're going that route instead of just, like, a Green Lantern on Earth movie, because yeah. that would be such a waste. This one also, if I mean, if they did it right, they'd have the potential to make it much lighter-hearted and go for much more of the space opera tone than... And execute it better than they did with. Them. I'm just glad they haven't yeah. given up on the franchise completely. No, and that's the thing. I mean, it's stupid to give up well, on after one bad movie. I mean, I mean, it all depends on if it even gets made. Still, at this point, true. We, yeah. I mean, we got we're still five years away. So many movies. Like, the only movies that are theoretically uh, okay. Go ahead. Well, the only ones that are like theoretically guaranteed are going to be Batman, Suicide Squad, right. and uh, 
Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman will be in production. Like, theoretically, I don't think they'll tank. Batman v Superman won't tank. No, it's probably going to do well, yeah. It will do well. Suicide Squad might tank, just because that one's going to rely on a lot of advertising and word of mouth, and uh, probably way more Batman and Joker in that trailer than it has any right to have when right. it starts yeah, doing TV they'll, spots. They'll probably do that. I just wonder where we'll be in, like, five, ten years, because, like, uh, you see this in Hollywood, like, if you look at this, you know, like, as far as, like, there's a genre that generally dominates the blockbuster for a good while, but it only lasts so long. Like it, I it don't was know, the, though. It was the Mafia movies at one point, then it was the Westerns, and now it's superhero movies. Like, I just wonder how long it'll go on for. But And disaster movies for a while. Disaster movies, yeah. Uh, and then, like, 80s cartoon yeah. remake mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of that. But I think, I think what we're getting now is we're sort of, you know... Getting into, I mean, it's just comic book movies are just going to be a regular part of things. They're not going to be. As, it's not going to be as exciting as comic book mm-hmm. movies coming out. I mean, it will be to us, but I think in general, it's just going to be another you know, couple, like four or five ten pole movies that come. Oh, out I think it show. already is like that. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, that's just it. I don't know. I'm just. I'm hoping it just finds a comfortable way to just be part of our lives moving forward, yeah. as opposed to like something to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. As far I do. I mean, because I, I, I do want some variety too. Like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Well, know. I think some We're of them are that. doing a good job yeah. of, of mixing genres and right, giving us right. something different every time. Right, and that's I mean, what you want. And think about getting. We're getting a lot of the indie stuff too, like Preachers coming to AMC. Yeah, I'm super cool. excited for that. That'll be cool. Oh my god, I'm excited. Seth for that. Rogen's uh, and Evan Goldberg are yeah. doing that. Yeah. Hey, did your um, book come? Your uh, Aaron. Oh, Scalp? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've been reading Scalped as well a little bit. How is it? It's good. Oh, I mean, dude. it's it's. I've, I've not read a whole lot. i got to see it. I've still never seen that hardcover. You got the hardcover? Yeah. Is it sweet? Yeah, it's nice. Okay. Uh, nice. So let's see. Can One we, other thing. You didn't mention joke. Icarus either. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I also read... I, I can't talk about everything. <laughs> but I did also read Detective Comics yeah. Icarus. Uh, One other Killing thing on... Joke animated movie. Yeah. Uh, Killing Joke awesome. got announced as their next... DCU animated feature. Which is awesome because they've been making, like, New 52 movies for a while. I'm glad they're going to do both. Like, they've got their New 52 universe going on. They're also going to continue adapting. Like they did with Dark Knight. Thrice, which, exactly. Which I'm like, thank you. That's great. Uh, and, and, now they're doing, and now they're doing Gods and Monsters, which is yes. a totally side thing, which yeah. I'm super excited about. We all are, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. It looks great. The mini films have been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, been, there's been more than just the Batman one now? Yeah, they've done one for Superman and Wonder Woman as well. How long are those? They're like five, six minutes. Wow. Um, which adds up, so yeah, no, there's a good bit of content there. Uh, Mark Hamill on The Killing Joke has said yes. he'd love to. All they have to do is call be him. Awesome. Uh, cause, so call him. Yeah, definitely Mark Wait, Hamill. Is that happening? The Killing Joke is. But they, why might not he be in it? They just haven't talked to him about it. But so he's call always, him. Call, call him. the dude. Why <laughs> would you not? Why wouldn't you? Why are you waiting? Uh, let's see. This this is kind of a lot, not, not a whole lot worth uh, going too in-depth on, but... A lot of Arrowverse casting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, and the new suit, Keep too. it spoiler-free for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well, well, characters, because a lot of the named actors aren't big. There's no one really big that's been cast as far as the actor yeah, yeah, side yeah. of thing, but Arrow's got, um, continuing its Green Arrow is Batman now trend, Anarchy's mm. coming um, really? as a character. Mr. Terrific was cast. There he is. Uh, on the Flash side of the... Oh, oh, and... Uh, Neil Neil, uh, Neil McDonough was cast as uh, Damian Dark. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who most people would know was comic book wise as Dum Dum Dugan. Right. Oh. And he, was, he was hinted at the end of last. Yeah, season. he was hinted at at the end of last season. And they've got the new suit for Ollie too. Yeah, Oliver's got his new sleeveless mm-hmm. look. It looks yep. like he might finally just be Green Arrow this yes. season, which would be awesome. Flash has got his white crest. Yeah. Uh, Jay Garrick was yep, cast. We're gonna. Yeah. Wait, who's playing Jay Garrick? 
Uh, I forget his name. Okay, yeah, so uh, It's a lot of smaller time people, right, right, that's uh, fine. which is yeah, fine. That's fine. Uh, as far as not cast yet, Hawkman was announced to be coming. Oh, yeah. They, I heard some rumor they were already talking about a hot girl um, spinoff. I had heard Legends that, too. Tomorrow. Oh, hot yeah. girl spinoff. After Legends of Tomorrow. Just yeah, a, a just a, That was just a pure talk right now. Legends of Tomorrow looks like it's going to be so yes, good. Yes, it does look good. Vixen has that same possibility. That animated does, series yeah, yeah. is coming out uh, with Vixen. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. There is... They haven't cast, but Wally West is being said to hope yeah. probably show mm-hmm. up this season. That would be cool. Who's... Okay, I get... The, uh, the names are, are switching my... Who's, who's playing uh, Alfred in... Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Okay, Michael Ironside is playing... Uh, Captain Cold's dad oh. in Flash. Cool. Okay. cool. And then I think that's it. That's a lot of characters, but yeah, um, I got a question for you, real quick. If you could have the first three seasons of Arrow, or the first season of The Flash, on and you're on an island and that's all you could watch, which would you take? Well, I would obviously take Arrow because he'd teach me how to survive on that island. True. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. You're, in a, you're in an empty room. It's white walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entertainment purposes only. I don't know. I'd take Arrow. There's more of it. Okay. Um, Arrow season two, Flash season one. I don't know. This is They're very different. They're very different. I would probably lean towards Flash. It's just more fun for me. Yeah. It is. But I like both. Okay. I mean, I just... The, the, the people talk... The reason I bring that up is people talk uh, about the Flash like it's literally like heaven on earth. Like, it's awesome. Like the second what coming I love of about Jesus it is Christ. The, well, what I love about it is that... Like, Arrow is another one trying to follow in the whole Nolan-esque Batman kind of vibe mm-hmm. there. Which is cool. Which but... is fine, but, like, so is every other superhero show and movie out there. Whereas Flash is like, you know, we're going to have talking gorillas in this, and if people don't like that... And Arrow's approaching that. They've said season they're probably, four They're, they're going to make like it that. more lighthearted, yeah, um, which is good. But no, but Flash... Flash is just, that's something, like, I could watch, like... If you have any like nephews or whoever, like you know, you can watch that's something that's a superhero show you can introduce kids to, and it's yeah. great, you know. And that's what I like, you know. Yeah, cool. I don't know, but but yeah, the Flash was probably one of my top three favorite shows of this season. So. Yeah, along with uh, Shield. Um, I mean Hannibal. Han- well, Hannibal was more summer this year, yeah. but I mean, I, I would probably that Pandy. the hundred, maybe Jane the Virgin were all really great, yeah. but I don't know. Anyway. What she got there? Oh. Nah, Is that not good? Nah, it's fine. Don't worry. Anyway, uh, sorry, so yeah. That's but, my dog. But right. Arrow, <laughs> dog is acting up. Arrowverse, very exciting, because there's now going to be three shows in that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there were some Apocalypse set photos released. Yeah. Uh, there was also a trailer that I'm sure was bootlegged, but we didn't watch that one. Right, um, right. Yeah, I haven't seen it now. Uh, so, uh, Apocalypse looks kind of... What do you guys think? Like, isn't that isn't that is it Brian Singer? Or is it it's, it's Brian Singer. Singer? I mean, isn't yep. he the one who did Days of Future Past that everyone freaking loves? Hey, Dad, stop. Isn't yeah. that isn't that the movie that everyone absolutely loves? Oh, Days of Future Past is great. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's hard for me to you start the thing there. All right. Okay. So it's Brian Singer. Are are we worried about this? I, I mean, are we hesitant about Apocalypse? I think I'm it'll excited. be a fun movie. I'm excited. Um, Psylocke looks good. Got a lot of photos of the younger X Men characters who yeah. all look like they should. Is this um, kind of somebody explain to me like how it works? Like I'm a little lost in the whole X verse now. So, I don't know. I I know little about this one to be Jordan honest. Jordan will know. 
What? Like where it fits in things. It is the I 80s. know it's in the 80s. So why are there young... Okay, so there's that young... Because, uh, well, I Nothing know counts anymore. Pretty much, but like... Because uh, isn't it that like Apocalypse... Uh, he was supposed to wake up much later, but because of the events in Days of Future Past, it altered the timeline. And Something like now, that, yeah. Something like that, but, and as such... It's now got him to wake up now and in the 80s. Mm. And so... Basically, the X-Men yeah. timeline has never made sense. Okay. No, nah, pretty like much. X2. They okay. just... They change stuff back ways, all the time. Well, and in some ways, the point of Days of Future Past was to erase the last yeah, stand from our existence. From our I mean, it erased all the movies, really. <laughs> okay. None of them technically happened except for Wolverine who had lived both timelines and maybe Professor X. Okay. I mean, still the basic kind of stuff would still happen eventually. It's just like, but like, it turns out different. Like, Cyclops doesn't die, all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But again, this is set earlier than any of those movies, so what does it really matter? Right. Uh, The The whole thing is set earlier. It's in the 80s. The whole thing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It, it won't be any time traveling. Like there might oh. be alternate realities. There might be reality, but like it's not going to be. Oh wow! I think if there's going to be any jump, it'll be they'll probably do something at the beginning with like him in ancient Egypt. So are they aware of all the stuff that happens in the future, though? No, they know that the Sentinels shouldn't be made. That's about it. Mm. Okay. Uh, and I guess everything works out because Wolverine was like chilling in the X. Yeah, he was just like going through, and everyone's alive, and it's all great, you know. It's like so. so, Apocalypse can't be that bad. A threat, yeah, I right? guess so. That's uh, the kind of see. That's the only thing I wonder if they think about. It, it's kind of disappointing. It's like, yeah. well, we know that they all turn out okay, so I guess he's not that big a threat after all. I don't know. But you know, who knows? It's yeah. the X Men universe. They could all die at the end, and yeah. then have them back to life at the beginning of the next. That's movie. weird. Uh, it's or really at weird. the beginning of Gambit. So just, basically, I guess. just don't think about it too hard. Just you know. But, but I, I just didn't know it was an '80s thing. Okay, so what about 80s. this whole Rogue cut and then like that's Days of Future Past? What do you think of that? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Right. But they right. like they just, they had to cut it out of the uh-huh. the theatrical version just for time. I just wonder like but, what what people's thoughts are about. Okay, so Brian Singer like is a beloved filmmaker, right? Because like, he lost some of that cred or not? And like, I don't think so. I don't know. He hasn't made a good movie since X2. Or, but, like, between Days of Future Past and X2, he didn't really make any. He made Jack the Giant Slayer. And he made Superman Returns. So I don't know that anyone... <laughs> okay, so yeah, he did lose some of that. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like... I think most people forgot Brian Singer existed for a decade. Yeah. I mean, and then he made Days of Future Past that people love. And yeah. he, like... He was a... Um, I think he had a writing credit for First Class. Like, he was still involved. Yeah. But Matthew Vaughn directed that. That one was... Um, I like that one better than Days. I, I, That's I'll my favorite on. in the and series. And this will be like the like it's basically first class started a new trilogy, which this one will end. Yeah, and then we'll have a bunch of new young X Men who can do stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Um, there, there's also talks now, as I mentioned before, we started the podcast about an FF X Men crossover since they're both owned by Fox. That that's that, assuming that could be... Fantastic Four succeeds. I don't, Which, know. I don't know. I, I could like see... Like I said, I'm perfectly... F- this one, you guys are my guinea pigs for this one. I, I'm not gonna... I, I don't really want to spend money. You're not gonna go to FF, yeah. I was the, telling... Not the opening. I was like, telling friends, I'm like, I would not be surprised if, like, we, we get a post credit scene of Fantastic Four where Wolverine shows up yeah, and he's like, and, I'm here to talk to you about the X-Force initiative or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Just, well, and you know, too, that, like, the final Wolverine movie is supposed to be Old Man Logan, which I'm curious to see... Next year or whatever? Mm, is it next year? I think it's 2017. Yeah. That is right. coming, and it is, and it is Jackman. It's supposedly yeah. Jackman's last time. Allegedly. Allegedly. That's so dick. But they they're always like, say like, that. They're another out Wolverine movie, but you're an old man, so it's old man Logan. Right. 
Hey, that's the one everyone wants him to make. I know. Oh, so, I think it'd be a good storyline. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's all of that. Uh, a few smaller things. The Han Solo movie got announced as, a, as an Lord. anthology. Is that, is that the Ryan? No, no, Ryan. Rian. No. Ryan Johnson? Yeah. No, Ryan, no, Ryan Johnson is doing, doing episode eight. eight yeah. Really? Yes. You yes, keep being surprised eight. by it this. It blows my mind. <laughs> no, he's no. not the his caliber. You know, as far as like fame, everyone loves Star. He, I wouldn't say. No, dude, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are doing the Han, Han Solo, Solo movie. movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm. I'm just They're surprised. It's such an indie director. That just surprised me. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. But it just blows my mind that they're having the faith that you should have. Yeah. Somebody that talented. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As far as the Han Solo movie, they're going to have to cast someone, which, I don't, you know, they'll just... I don't know. I, I could see different people playing that. Like, Josh Holloway was in talks. Ooh. Uh, I could see that. Ooh. I can see that. Yeah. I don't know. I love Josh Holloway. Yeah. So I speaking I think of which good. speaking of which his new show The Colony was announced at Comic Con. Oh yeah, they showed a trailer. Yeah, yeah, dude, it looks amazing. Okay, cool. It's like a uh, evil invasion force took over, but you never see the invasion force. Right, right. But they're represented by like humans that are like our benefactors, and it's just really creepy. And he's got to like he, one of his kids was actually like taken, and like yeah. he's just supposed to grin and bear it and like work on these work camps and like. So then he decides one day that fucking I'm gonna go after and find my son and like you know do this smuggling thing. Well, the uh, the invaders, the invasion force, like finds out that he did it. Um, they catch him and then they say, "Now we want you to be a mole because we know you're involved in the resistance. So you tell us who the resistance members are and if you have if you participate if you uh, he says people who who demonstrate good behavior get favors from us. You know that kind of creepy vibe. You know, oh, it just looks okay. awesome. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway. Sounds good. Cool. Uh, Vertigo announced 12 titles. I'm really excited oh. about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited that they're not they're not going out. Um, you know, Vertigo has been it's been really touch and go, and everything they announced seems to be a freaking limited series, including some of these. Or their biggest series ends. Right. With a super fat trade. Right, right. It's literally 150 pages, Fables. Uh, Fables 150 is 150 pages, and... Sure, it's gonna be really sweet, but right. it's uh, it's the end of that era, and that was you know a big part of uh, what, what. But they'll still be putting out the deluxe edition fables for the next you know four years, and all I think that's of- where they're going. They've they released so many giant sized hardcovers of late, that I'm sure that's where they're getting a lot of revenue. Yeah, but they need to keep stuff up, or else they're not relevant. They're no. as relevant, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, going back to Star Wars for just a sec, what I was saying earlier about Batman and the Superman were like. I feel like we already know the entire storyline and everything. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, Abrams, I have no they, clue exactly, and it's awesome. They've they've done it's amazing. I don't even know well, the main character is necessary. I mean, they really just announced like who, um, what's his face, uh, Adam Driver would be playing and all that. Like they all they said was their characters' names and that, and like um, the actress who played Brianna Tarth in Game of Thrones is like the female stormtrooper in this and stuff like that all they've really announced is like their names and like that it's set in the same universe and that is awesome in this gener- so awesome. in this age where like they leak every rumor imaginable you know like i gotta give them props for keeping everything well, under wraps well and, for, i mean it's very wise of them absolutely. they already know everyone's gonna go anyway exactly they kind of know teasing will be enough exactly they're not it's that, not an uphill battle it's a downhill battle and i'm perfectly good with go. just teasing because i want to be mean, surprised when i go i'm all for that we'll see it's still like six months five months away so there's they time for more, more trailer they have one more trailer coming yeah and so we'll see what that that's what they're like. saying just one more and that's yeah. it i well i don't know if that's it or uh, i would assume so i mean well, awesome, anyway, but we'll see. Well, just go if you really want to accomplish your goal, just go radio silent on it, right? right and just walk yeah. in, you know, on yeah. every night. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's that's one way to take it, right? 
right. Uh, Joss Whedon announced Twist, which is a six-issue limited series he's yes. doing. It looks sweet. That seems like the perfect thing for him to be doing now, because he said he was really burned out after Avengers 2 and everything, mm-hmm. and wants to steer away from franchises at the moment. So That's a really good be, idea. And yeah. Plus, it just looks so cool. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. And watch it'll get picked up to a movie or a TV show, and he'll have Probably. to do it or something. Yeah, yeah, Turn into an epic franchise. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Sandman. I think Kevin has Okay. Some... Cillian Murphy should play Sandman. I know, oh, we're, yeah. still, <laughs> I know we're still a few years away, but, like, one, okay, like, I mean, like... I, I'd, I'd be fine with just, just Gordon Levitt playing him. Um, I just think Sonny Murphy would be better suited for that role. But as far as I'm, they've admitted it, they're still struggling in terms of how they're going to make a movie yeah. out of the series because it's such an episodic series that I would never want to write that. Like I, would, I don't know yeah. how you do it. Yeah, but like, it, it makes your brain hurt. Just oh, it does, about yeah. It. I mean, a TV show would be the no-brainer kind of format for that if they're going to adapt it, but... They're intent on doing a movie or whatever. Well, um, a lot of that comes from a, a lot of people's decisions for why they make movies versus TV shows is budget. Yeah. So you you can make two hours that look absolutely it, insane, true. or you can make you know thirteen hours that look good, mediocre. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. You know, but depending on how and it, with this one, you got to make it look good. The, sci-fi's got to be. I mean, well, this is just or like, fantasy in this yeah, case. Yeah. This one is just. I mean, there's so much gorgeous visuals in the comics. That's and like the, it's like in the world building and everything. Yeah. 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 Again, I haven't read Sandman yet. I know I should. I can't wait. But it's it's one Good of those stuff. things where I'm excited to try it out when the day comes that I finally pick up a trade. My awesome. friend told my friend told me that the guys who the Pirates of the Caribbean writers wrote a script which you can find on their website. Oh, and so they he said that one was good. Yeah. Oh, really? It kind of combines the first two books. Oh, dude, I gotta get this. So I'll check it out. What's their names? Like Terry Russio, I think. Uh, I'm not sure on that. Curse of Black Pearl writers, but yeah, you can find it. Uh, last thing on the SDCC front is the trailer for Ash vs. Evil Dead yes. release. <laughs> yes. And I am now and very... It looks rad. For the first time ever, I'm sad I don't have stars. Because I'll go ahead and say, say that I really didn't like the remake Evil Dead back at, what was it, a few years ago? Really? Because I love that I didn't. I don't know. It was like... I wasn't scared. It was like too. Ch- I mean, it was cool that Raimi and Bruce Campbell were producers on that, but like he had some interesting thoughts. But I thought it was mainly th- the actors in that were horrible. Which like, one? I don't know. I thought the Evil Dead remake a few years ago. Oh the, yeah. The run that was like very more horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just I didn't like the cast. It was just like I don't know. It was more cheap horror tricks and stuff. Yeah. This one is returning Evil Dead to its roots. Yeah. And you've got Ash back. Well, yeah, what I like just... about it is that it, it looks more... It does look funny. Um, I, I hope it doesn't go full-on Army of Darkness, because I don't like Army of Darkness. Really? I, I like Evil Dead too. It strikes a balance, okay. which Army of Darkness does not. Okay. Um, just... So I'm hopeful that it I it think just it looks that. closer to Evil Dead 1 and 2. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's what I like about it. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be super... It's going to be so fun. It's going to be groovy. It's going to yeah, be really is. fun. Awesome. Uh, so there's that, and now we will move on to our big discussion Main of event. Ant-Man. <laughs> Alright. Which is funny, that that right there is a good way to start, and just to say that... Hey, our big discussion. <laughs> in, a way, in a way, though, it is, it is, if you stop thinking about the years of, of knowing about this movie that we had, it's weird. It Ant-Man. Weird. Like, that's weird. Like, they even approach that in the movie where it's like him, he's just like, oh my god, my name is Ant-Man. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? He's like, maybe we should like... My non-nerd friends have been asking me for months, why does this movie exist? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And now I get to show them, because it's awesome. 
It's, it's really <laughs> awesome. See, so, yeah, why don't we, we go around to talk about what we thought? All right, cool. Who do we want to start with? Rich, why don't you take us? Uh, okay. Um, I absolutely loved it. Yes. Um, I absolutely positively loved it uh, in every way. I thought Michael Douglas was freaking awesome. I love that they brought him in and brought it just grounded the movie so well. Uh-huh. He's so uh-huh. talented. He just it reminded me why I love him. Um, Paul Rudd, I'd watch him. You know, uh, uh, milk a cow or or, or 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 farming or something boring. I'm trying to think of something boring. I'd watch him watch grass grow. I mean, he's just he's, <laughs> he's just, just awesome. He's so awesome. He's so funny. He's so interesting. He's such an everyman. He's I want to watch him. I love yeah. him. And in this, he really convey, conveys empathy uh-huh. throughout the whole movie. He's just so empathetic, and he's so like he he he's compassionate and funny, and he nails it. Michael Pena, holy fuck, he killed it in this movie. Great. I mean, he killed it in the ending. I was just like, it was mic drop. You know what I mean? When he was just like at the very end, when they just have that one question, and then the answer he goes, and "What do you say? What do you say?" He said, "Yes, man." Mic drop. It was so sick. It was just so sick. I mean, the movie is just, it's tightly written. I, I have a feeling that Edgar Wright came up with that idea, those Michael Payne things. Actually, he you know not. what? He didn't. He yeah. did not. I was yeah. very surprised. That look, when I saw that, I'm like, that has Edgar Wright written all over it. I and who was it? That. It was during the second draft. Um, I don't know the guy's names. They were like, there were multiple writers brought How in. How do you know this, all this? Like, I want to read the article that you read. Of Geek, I read it was, on, Yeah, it's, um, there, it's around. On yeah, yeah. The, I saw it on the Wikipedia but page. Like, uh, yeah. But I thought I for sure that was Edgar Wright, and, and no, he came on. That was written after he left. Well, anyway, um, but but it had it, it, like, it I, was it probably style. inspired that, by his vibe. No, yeah, yeah I think sure, that's yeah. what was great about it is that right. it, it. And you know, this varies depending on who you ask. I think mm-hmm. we all liked Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what did you I think, Jordan? You loved it. Um, yeah, I loved it. And um, you, but I, I loved it. Yeah, my top five MCU. Awesome. Um, what I think is that it did a good job of. Keeping consistent tone. Exactly. Some people disagree on that. Like, I've seen a lot of arguments where it's like, no, the tone wildly varies, and it goes from too serious to too jokey, and I'm like, I, I like I it. didn't think that. Um, I thought it did, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about Edgar right here, I mean, because that was one of the things that were like, when he left, we're like, oh, crap, this movie's dead, you know? Like, I was excited about it. I think they really did a great job of maintaining the essence of what he had in mind, both in terms of the story the characters and it showed there um peyton reed brought a nice he brought his comedy background into this to keep the tone lighthearted, mm-hmm. and it was very much a standalone movie it existed in the same in the mcu but it had just enough tie-ins to like the overarching universe but was very much its own story it well, I, think, very much I, I, I think that's what i liked about it's, it is that it, it it was refreshing after the you know, slog of Age of Ultron yes. with its unnecessarily large ties. I like that this movie did have very light things yes. where it didn't call attention to it as much. It's like, it had, maybe it was a little unnecessary for it to be Hydra as the bad right, guy, but right, I'm sure right, they'll right. bring that back because the guy still got away with Pym Particles at the yeah, end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure we'll see something to do with that in the future. But, you know, how did Darren Cross find out about the Ant-Man oh. stuff? Because all the S.H.I.E.L.D. secrets got leaked. You know the, the end another of... Easter egg there when... Darren Cross is pitching um, the pin particles at the beginning when he's talking to all those different businessmen. One of them there is uh, from is representing the same organization that captured Tony Stark and was oh, wow. the villains in. Iron okay, well that's that. cool. So yeah, they, there's, I, I, there's I lots of good there. ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's like the that. thing. It, it, yeah. it, 
it's it didn't feel like it had to make super huge exactly. ties. It felt natural to see the Triskelion being built yes. at the beginning of the movie and see uh, Howard Stark. Speaking, being speaking of natural, her. I thought that the relationship between um, uh, Scott Lang and the girl and the the uh, I don't remember her name name. I know the character, the Wasp, the, the, the Hope, new Wasp, Hope, Hope Van Dyne. Yeah, yeah. Hope Van Dyne. Yeah, yeah. That relationship was really, really yeah, good. Yeah, it wasn't forced. It, it was, was like, not forced. Yeah, yeah. It was totally genuine. It didn't really. I, and even I didn't then, even it think... wasn't even like a total romance by the no, end. I mean, like it was they just kiss, like, yeah. like joking, jokingly at the end, but it wasn't. Like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think that they probably yeah. will. You know, it's it's one of those things where it leaves the door open. It's like right, you know, they right. may have a relationship moving forward. Right. And then there's parallelism, which Jordan often references in, in things in the past. The parallelism of. Um, you know, her and him, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Hank Pym and, and the original Wasp. Right, right. You know what I mean? There's, that's Janet, really, that's yeah. cool. And it's almost like things have come full circle. That's what I kind of want to see if they if they ever make a sequel, which Kevin Feige said, like, it's not on their roster right now, but if they have room for it or if they can have a good reason to make it in the future, they will. I just... Um, if they make a sequel, I want to see more of... Their um, dynamic. Kink them in the past, yeah. That would be awesome. Or, or maybe the two of them now, together at least. Right, yeah, you know? that would be great, yeah. And I'm sure there's... there's. Well, well they've said the Wasp is going to show up in a Phase 3 film. I watched a Peyton Reed interview the other day. He said that the Quantum Realm was something they... Was, decided. Yeah, they decided to incorporate that um, once he came on board. Um, he and Adam McKay talked about it. So, that's, that was yeah, genius. That, I mean, was. that that really forms the because whole that climax of the so thing. And then the way he fights his way back, thinking exactly. of his daughter. I mean, exactly. it's so heartfelt. It and I also, I just love his character. I love the motivation. It's just that it, it was so different. This movie, in it so was. many ways, from any other Marvel movie, exactly. I and agree. yet, it still was really, really good. Like I almost feel like it was almost like it almost could have been not a Marvel movie. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that's what it started ways. life as. Yeah. yeah. Right, and, well, I think start, it, yeah. and it retained a lot of that, uh, you know, independence. It was originally pitched back in either the late eighties or early nineties, and they told Stan Lee that it was too much. Like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Wow, is, really? Yeah, that yeah. far back the yeah. category goes? Well, and, I, I mean, Edgar Wright had been developing it for years. Well, he'd been developing it well before the MCU even started. Yeah, That's right. why I think he was so adamant about attaining, maintaining creative control because. Okay, he, it's like he came to that um, project long before this, right. and this universe was created. So, if it had been made, you know, in like '07 or something like that, you know, it would have been pre MCU, and it would have, you know, well, right. You know. And and also, also, I mean, I think what it comes down to is he, and and really what what lets me know this is some more recent news, which is um, the woman uh, who directed Selma. Uh, mm-hmm. Who was going to direct Black Panther? Eva DuVernay. Eva DuVernay. She left. Uh, she left that project. Yeah. Well, she, she was, was never, never on it. Tap, but she was but never on it. But she she decided she, not, she to. Decided not to, right. to take that project. Which and you're going to see a lot of that now because you're going to. I mean, they're trying to get really artistic directors in on this game, and those say, directors have these strong. They have strong perspectives. Right. They have strong standpoints, but they're going to have huge limitations. She said, "This in. is a three to five year project. Yeah. No matter how you shake it, no matter yeah. how you look at it." And she said, "On the one side, the reach is probably bigger than any of my films will ever have. Right. Know, this goes everywhere in the world and beyond. Well, you can't go beyond the world right now. Yeah. But it goes. It goes everywhere in the world. It'll have more reach than any of my movies. But on the other side, she said." Like, this is my next at least three years of my life. And, like, yeah. you know, if I don't have full creative control over this, like, and I'm basically going to be trying to, like, fit it within their context. Yeah. It's like that, that's just, I and just I couldn't, make, I couldn't go hard. for it. And, I understand and if, that. Yeah. And if you're an auteur like that, you, you know, I mean, I, for me, I'm not in that position, so it's impossible to understand what that would feel like. Right, to me, right. I feel like the, the reach would outweigh it. And yeah. I'd say I'll bring as much of myself as I can into this, like yeah. James Gunn did. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? For example, like he worked within, you know, what they wanted, but he also brought so much of himself into it. Well, and I feel like he I had just, a lot more freedom because right. the Guardians exist in, in space. another realm, yeah. you know? No. I feel like it, it, it would... I think it would have been different if, say, he was directing an Avengers movie because they're going to have a lot more limitations there. Uh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. He's very much not And that's what Josh Whedon, like, like right. suffocated under. Yeah. Um, but I just yeah. think that more and more this is happening, and, you know, I can understand why Edgar Wright left, and I think it's going to happen a lot more. It's yeah. just that, yeah. you know, these directors, they have these real... And, and I think we might see a lot more often, you know, three, four, five versions of scripts where one director comes on or one writer, auteur, yeah. comes on, yeah. writes his take on it, and then, you know, Marvel, in the end, has to bring somebody else aboard who's going to be willing yeah. to adhere, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then they just announced the guy who's going to be directing Spider-Man. He's the guy who did uh, uh, a couple indie movies that just got released recently. And that's and you interesting. Know, yeah. but, you know, young, and you know, moldable talent is that's what, what I they see. want. That's right. what they've always wanted. Moldable, cheap and... Yep. Moldable, right. The guys writing it are... Um, the guys are doing... Uh, the horrible bosses, and they're doing... Yeah. Movie. yeah, one of them is the guy who played Sam Weir in Freaks and Geeks. It's pretty funny. So, which is it's cool. Oh, that's that's one of yeah. the guys. I yeah. know him real well. But I... yeah, he's writing Peter Parker. It's gonna be weird. Oh, that's awesome. That, that's really awesome. Well, I yeah. just think I have I have high hopes for that. What do you guys think of that casting on that? Tom Holland. Yeah, I don't really. I know have no about opinion. Him. I had no I opinion on about anyone him. they were casting. Yeah, uh, outside of Liam James. Really. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, I hope he does well, but I don't really. I'm sure he will. I have zero doubt with their casting. Anyway, there was a certain point where we were all very worried that, you know, this movie was doomed, or in a lot of trouble, at yeah. least. Yeah. Um, and then I got a little more optimistic once we started seeing previews. At least I should speak for myself. I did. Um, I really think they pulled it off. I really oh, think... I, I mean, it. obviously yeah. the movie was fantastic, but I really think they pulled off the balance of keeping well, what Edgar Wright had wanted, exactly. but also keeping... Bringing a new vision, yeah, as well. Yeah. I wish they could have worked it out with Edgar Wright, but... What a, yeah, I, I think it ultimately... It, it didn't come down to making a good movie or a bad movie. It came down to making different types of good movies because obviously Edgar Wright's version of Ant-Man would have been fantastic right. whatever I mean, it ended up being you also have to give them huge props for making him they give him his writing credit but also they made him an executive producer I just too, wish I knew what the changes were like the fundamental I, that's what I'm saying because they like the Genevieve what card was wrote, the freaking like, line that's the thing like I mean that they wouldn't let him cross yeah, what exactly. was that I want to know so fucking well, it was, bad they didn't fire him though it was no he, I know he, yeah but like but um, what was the things that they just wouldn't thing allow they disputed I mean yeah. I think a lot of it came down more to tone than content probably yeah yeah because and, uh, that's yeah. what Evangeline Lilly said in interviews back in like January when okay. she was talking about at first she was you know, hesitant to keep making the movie because it seemed like Edgar Wright got strong-armed out of it. Yeah. But then, you know, actually getting to meet with Kevin Feige and read the new script and new ideas, she understood that it was a matter of Edgar's movie wouldn't fit the MCU. Right, right. And so that is what they needed. And the they better shifts. release this. I want them to leak the script, though. Cause I, the I, original I, Edgar Wright yeah, script. I would yeah. love that. Yes. I mean, Joss said it was the best they ever got their hands on. Yeah. yeah. And Joss would fucking know. <laughs> Uh, so as far as Ant-Man the movie goes, uh-huh. uh, so what's your thoughts on the villain? Because this is the same thing that Marvel's getting right. gets in trouble with a lot, is that it's like, their villains all kind of suck. Right, and for right. the most part, it's true. their villains the all kind of suck. But I where do you it. land on Yellow Jacket? I liked him way better than the guy in Thor 2, because that was just like a... T- like, I don't even know what that guy was like, trying to or do. Whatever. Malekith, Malekith, yeah. Like, I mean, like, he was trying to do some world thing. I don't know. I don't even know what his purpose was. This guy, first of all, I like Corey Stoll. I like I mean, I was, that's what I was going to say. He brings and the strength. that he, strength he to does, the role that really some does. other actor probably wouldn't. That's have. the thing, and like I mean, he can take something that like is a 
could be a one note character and made him a little more interesting, right? Because because yeah. like if they think that character was like you said one note, right, and not very well developed, right. and his motivation was lacking. Man, try that character without Corey. Yeah, Stahl. exactly. Holy That's the thing. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. So he did a great job, I think, and um, he's, he's got so that, talented. He has, he's very talented. He's more got than that, that, I love watching him. Right, he's got know? that screen presence, like. That's I mean that he was one of the main like really interested me in House of Cards like he was as intriguing to me as Kevin Spacey in that in that first season. Um, and so, oh yeah, like, yeah, oh, he, yeah. I mean he did. I just really liked his interactions with stuff and oh no, he, brings he was a great. really great presence. So I liked him in the role. Um, I mean it is. I mean yeah, it's a standard kind of like okay former protege. And he's businessman. He's trying to get, and he goes yeah. power mad and all that. It's I mean. Yeah, they could have done a little more with it, but at the same time, this was a B-level character. Like, this hero was a B-level character, and they needed to, they had a lot to do there. So I think for what they had... They, but George R. R. Martin has a good point. Um, he wrote about this the other day, about Marvel villains and all that. What he that said, too. Yeah, what he said was that, like, okay, it's getting kind of old, this, like, Iron Man fights bad Iron Man. Hulk fights bad Hulk. Uh, right. Ant-Man fights bad Ant-Man. And they all have know? similar they, powers. Exactly. He's like... What show us something where the powers are completely Wildly different, different, and then yeah. you know, and the their worlds are completely different. That would be pretty awesome, you know. It really would. It's too yeah. bad. Um, That's just not the kind of characters comic characters yeah, fight. Though maybe hard, we'll yeah. get more of that in Civil War because obviously Iron Man and Cap are so fundamentally different. True, in powers. That movie is just going to be it's gonna interesting be all, it around. Will be all around. Yeah. Um, I'm just super excited about the fact that Ant Man is now been introduced to the MCU and yeah. he's going to be in movies. Exactly. Like I wish. I hope they put him in a lot that, more. Now that the movie's done well, I hope they put him in tons of shit. Because honestly, he's awesome. Seeing that Ant Man will return in the credits, yeah. Like that, that Think was about kinda, Paul Rudd. Cool. Think about Paul Rudd, like in all the Avengers movies going forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like the other little thing that he'll bring. And if Iron Man, if if, if Robert Downey Jr. kind of bows out eventually, because he'll kind of have to, or maybe, or maybe he won't. Whatever. But like Paul Rudd could really fill that slot. Ant <laughs> Man's not leading. The okay, <laughs> not leading. But no, he could fill the slot of that kind of like I don't know. Really fun to watch, charismatic, snarky. I don't know. I'm kind of curious here because okay, we know that Hank Pym in the comics is on Tony Stark's side. He's one of the developers of the Registration Act, but Scott Lang is not in it at that time. So we he could go, but it seems like he's leaning to be one of Cap's allies. Do you think that'll pivot him and Hank against oh, each other? Oh, because the Falcon and the, yeah. he said yes. And yeah. That. See, oh, and then they, the post credit scene. Post too. They said, I know a guy, you know. And so the post credit like, scene is a, just straight up a scene in Civil War Two, apparently. So Yeah. Interesting. Which. So I'm kind of wondering what's going to. Like, do you think that'll happen or not? Like, will Scott and Hank be. It seems too early to pivot them against each other. Yeah. Thing? I don't even know. I mean, it would, he'd have to be in the movie, too. Right. Michael Douglas. But. I don't know. Uh, for me, just since they're bringing everyone in this one, it feels. I'd be might, surprised. I'd be surprised if, if Hank making Incredible in Hulk relevant yeah. again, which is crazy. Yeah, because like, Thunderbolt having... Ross is in it. Same yeah. actor from Incredible uh, Hulk. William Hurt reprising Hurt, his role. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is the first time anyone from the Incredible Hulk has been back, other than the Hulk. Because I'll be honest, like I, I, I like I don't think Incredible Hulk is a complete misfire. Like I mean, I don't either. Like I, that's I the thing. It. Like I mean. It's a shame that it's kind of forgotten at this point, you know. So I mean, if I were ranking, yeah. which I do, I, right, it's my right. second least favorite. But right, you know, I, I still enjoy it. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's none that I outright hate. Right, right. No, the closest yeah. is Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm yeah. gonna rewatch that soon because I just got the Blu-ray. But it's anyway. one of those I like the visuals of it. Just there's no story really. Oh. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I'm going to talk about this because it's my favorite scene in the movie and quite possibly, like I, I was tweeting it and such, one of my favorite comic book film moments was uh, Ant-Man versus Falcon. That was awesome. Because it just, it's the sort of thing that could never happen outside of a, of a cinematic universe. Exactly. Um, but more than that, it was there was just something so just like classic B-team sort of hero shows exactly. up and they all just sort of laugh at him. And he might get to do his thing, he might not. But it was just classic, like, Ant-Man issue, and then there's Falcon on the cover, and you're like, why is Falcon showing up in this issue of Ant-Man? And then they fight. I and just, then, I don't know. I just, and it's very, it's very contained. Right, it's very yeah. contained. It's not, like, rough. And what I like about that scene, too, it's sort of like an inside joke, because Ant-Man is very self-deprecating, and, you know, like, he yeah. goes to the Avengers Tower, and the only one there when he arrives is a sidekick, you know? And so... It's like it, as if like the Avengers are all doing more important stuff right now than to worry about Ant Man, you know. So it's kind of funny. Thing. And but it's a great fight. It was. It's yeah. it's my favorite fight of the film, even though I really like the final Yellow Jacket fight, just yeah, because yeah. I love Falcon. <laughs> the, I when just... the Thomas train blew up, that was great. Uh, uh, even though it's been ruined <laughs> on us by having seen it, yeah. Well, no, no, oh, not the later one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 the... yeah, yeah. One thing I had. Oh, it went got huge. Yeah, yeah. One thing I thought was. Um, wait, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. One thing I thought was impressive about the Falcon fight was that they found a way to not make Falcon look like a puss. Yeah. Like, I was worried about that. As While Ant-Man was beating his ass over and over and over again and, like, putting, pulling the wool over his eyes just tricking him and screwing him over. Yeah, I yeah. was like, man, they're making Falcon. Like, Falcon hasn't even gotten developed into a badass of his own right yet. And they're like, take yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, in Winter Soldier. He was some pretty extent, awesome in Winter Soldier. To some extent, but, I mean... I don't know. I was just like, boy, he's getting, they're going to make him look like kind of a puss here. But they, I don't think they did. I think they found a way to really make it come back and 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 not look that way. And look yeah, like it was almost a draw, almost. Right. And that was really handled well. Yeah. Um, the whole like what they did with his like the miniature world like through his like eyes there that was just great. Like yeah. seeing when he's miniaturized and everything. And jumping through them. I mean, everything about you know my favorite things were. I think there were two scenes like this, but I only remember one. Inside the briefcase, when he touches the, uh, okay. I, I just like my jaw just dropped, and it doesn't usually happen. But when I was watching that, and, the, and that and they both ended up in that suitcase, and then like he like springboarded off the iPhone button, mm-hmm. and that my phone for a second, it looks something up. Keep going, I'm and that song sure. popped right. on mm-hmm. by uh, whoever it was, Duran Duran or whoever. Uh-huh, yeah, I was yeah. like, the Cure, oh, yeah, uh, Dimension or something. Disintegration. Disintegration. I was like, oh my god, this is a ma- this is magic. It was movie magic. You know, people yes. talk about it. I was like, this is cinematic magic what's going on right here. Like, I'm literally watching stuff. It's like, it's like, it's like that you're on one branch, and this branch is awesome on this tree, right? The tree is awesome, and this branch is awesome. And then, like, it goes on another branch. It's, like, awesome on top of awesome. And then, like, three more branches come off there, and that suitcase is, like, one of those branches. It's like a flower off one of those branches. Just <laughs> awesome on awesome on awesome on awesome. And it's just, like, there's just so much coolness in that movie. It's just jam-packed. And it's not too long. It's, like, really concise and tight. And I love the other three members of, of his team, his heist team. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just think it's, I, I don't know, I just think they did so many things right. Well, yeah, like I said, Michael Peña steals every scene he's in, yeah. pretty much. Um, he was hilarious. His stories were great. Right. Um, uh, what, did you, what did you think of the um, uh, second viewing? Tell me your second viewing experience. Just, I was hoping that it did something that Guardians has not done as well, which is have the humor hold up. And I thought Ant-Man's humor held up ridiculously well. It's just got so many great moments, and it's all because it's so based in the characters. Mm -hmm. And so is Guardians to an extent, but I don't know. I just, 
I found this one to really hold up well. I love the characters. I loved the narrative arc. I like the family focus. I don't know. I just found that it 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 held well. And you know, maybe uh, any comedy, maybe on future viewings, it'll go down like like uh, anything. But I I just I. I wanted to be watching it. I want to see it again already. And, you know, it hasn't even been that long. It's been a week since it came out. I've seen it twice. Um, Wow. How long after the first time? A couple days. Um, But anyway, I just... I I was really, really into it. Um, I really would like a sequel. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as ranking it, I think it easily is... I I think it might be my second favorite. I, I keep wanting to see them all again, but... yeah. I think of it would... all the MCU. Yeah. Wow. After Except Avengers? No, after Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is the best oh, that's movie right. they've that's, made. No, no, that's right. That's right. Just, what, 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 is both my third? best uh, third? I don't know. At that Avengers. point, uh, either Guardians or Avengers, maybe Iron Man. Well, no, that that was the interesting thing because the more I saw it, it was like this is kind of like a, a different, more comedic take on Iron the first that, Iron it's, Man. I, it's a lot, and even the poster, it looks just like the uh, Iron it Man does. poster. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like. I could I could just watch if I at this point it just it, it was a weird effect like it was almost like well now they've made a better version of Iron Man in my mind Iron Man's good in a different way so it's hard to say that and it started yeah. the whole universe but it's like almost like it pushed Iron Man down without pushing anything else down but it was weird but I, I just Ant Man was a lot of fun um, Avengers still yeah but those are my top five would be Iron Man Avengers Guardians Ant Man Winter Soldier. And that's why I'm so excited for Civil War. But that's right. still a ways out. Yeah. Interesting. We've still got a lot of superhero movies between now and then. What do we got between uh, now and then? Uh, well, you've got Fantastic F-F, Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Deadpool. Why does the, the thing not have pants, dude? I don't know. And he needs uh, pants. I don't get like, why he doesn't wear pants. I don't. Like, uh, he's got this weird lot, crotch I mean, rock. Yeah. And I'm just like, why is he got? Uh, why do I want to look at his crotch rock? <laughs> I'd rather look at pants. And then there is also Batman v Superman, the movie that blinked because they were originally scheduled for the same day. That and Cap. It's like, even if it is Batman v Superman, I wouldn't want to go against the MCU on a weekend. Uh, But yeah, so overall, everyone liked Ant-Man. That was great. I mean, I don't really have anything negative to say about it. Eventually, Lily, she was uh, Kate, right? On Lost, Yeah. yeah. I mean, she really has come into her own as an actor. She really was so different in this than she is as Kate, in my mind. I really, like, was, like, not recognizing, like, you know, a lot of times you'll see an actor and it's, like, you just remember their previous performances in their face. Like, I didn't in this case. I saw her as a totally new, like, recreated person, which I think was a testament to her, the, the acting job Absolutely. she did. Yeah. But my, th- I, and then bring, I mean, it was just so well-conceived. Michael Douglas and yes. Scott and, and Paul Rudd and Corey Stahl and Evangeline Lilly and Michael Pena right there. Like, you had a recipe for just some magic and they yeah. just pulled it off. Yeah. Awesome. They nailed it. Well, I, I think that uh, that that covers it on Ant-Man, huh? Yeah, that, cool. that pretty much what, does. What's your, uh, uh, Kevin, what is your uh, list? Uh, I actually did an article on making, I didn't make a list on there. Like, it was hard to decide, but my top five would be, like, I put Avengers and Guardians at the top just strictly for the cinematic experience aspects of them. And what they brought to And what they brought, exactly, because, like, we wouldn't have a lot of movies without them, you know? Yeah. So, for that, and then Winter Soldier, and then I put this right behind the first Iron Man. Um, and then, below, I have, like, the Thor movies at the bottom, and Iron Man 2, um, and Iron Man 3 and Avengers 2, right, right next to each other. Avengers 2, I liked 
a little more on the second time, but it was still overstuffed. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think if, I mean, it's, I, I don't really blame Joss for that. I mean, because he was, he had a lot of creative um, disputes with Marvel on that. And so, you know, it was a lot of meshing of styles, I think. Um, and yeah, but. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm trying to think of what mine would be. Ant-Man's definitely up in the top five for me, for right, sure. Right. Um, do, you have a, do you know what your favorite is? I like, um, what do I love of all of them? That's a, It's a really tough call. It was hard, because, like, I mean, I, I mean Winter there's... Soldier has the best story out of all yeah. of them. Um, definitely, for just the fun experience in Madagascar, I put Guardians and Avengers at the top. For me, um, Avengers but... is not up there for me. I mean, what it okay. does, what it did for the genre and all of that is amazing, but as far right. as sheer fun for me, because I don't, the spectacle of it I love, but uh-huh. I, I don't know. I, for me, I think it's the ones I really enjoyed the most. I loved Iron Man 3. I know that's really? weird. Okay. I love that movie. Guardians, no Guardians, I love. It's love it or hate it, like Ant-Man. Yeah. Guardians, yeah. I love. Ant-Man, I love. Yeah. Um, and Winter Soldier, I love. I'd say yeah, those yeah. are my top four. Okay, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I Poor would say. Thor. <laughs> Sorry, oh, man, Thor. there's no love for that. I, although Thor 1, I liked. Remember? I liked it. It just was... It, it it's was a little, small. It's a small movie. It's Thor's small. such a big just, character. I don't think the action is that well executed and stuff, and it's pretty... But it's whatever. But I do know that... Um, Iron Man Two was definitely the bottom of my list. Oh yeah, that's but Dark can... World's at the bottom of my list. Okay, See, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen Dark World. I like Iron Man Two, all right. Yeah. I, I... You know what's kind of crazy is that the Thor, the screenwriter of Thor One, hasn't seen Dark World. <laughs> Verona? If that tells you, that. not Brad. No, he, he didn't write it. He um, yeah, it was Zach Stentz or something. Oh, like. okay. He was on because um, the guys who do Screen Junkies on his trailers, yeah, um, because this guy was making was like. Oh, those honest trailers are so annoying, and he tweeted that one time, and but eventually they got him to come on, and so they had him watch the Thor honest trailer with him. It was hilarious. Yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, what are you guys going to be uh, reading, watching, experiencing over the next couple weeks? I'm going to Fantastic Four with Guns Ablazing. Right. I don't know about Guns Ablazing. I'm going I will Guns Ablazing, dude. I'll probably see it, but I'll let you guys go opening night first. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, oh, I know one for all of us. We're all going to get yeah. together and have a viewing party of Gods and Gods Monsters. Monsters. Yes. Yeah. I'm just yes. Kirk, Kirk Lannister from um, uh, Batman as a Vampire. Like, yes, please. Check yes. mark. You know. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'll be finishing fifty two. I've only got about eight yeah. issues of that left, and I'll be going through some Futures End and. Uh, I guess that's it for the foreseeable future. I mean, I've got a lot of books on my to-read pile, but mm, those yeah. are the big ones I'm, I'm digging into right now. Sir? I'm going to check out the Harley Quinn now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it looked it's intriguing beloved. when I was... Yeah. It is beloved. It's up there on, like, seven, like number 7 and num- to number 10, so right. that range on the on the charts right, right now. I mean, now I haven't gone through the Suicide Squad, so, you know, that I'm excited about. Awesome. awesome. All right. Uh, and for me, um, it's same stuff that you guys mentioned in some cases, um... I have so many books on my read pile. I literally have hundreds oh, yeah. of books. I literally probably have 120 books on my read pile. Uh, that said, I want to get a lot more, dig a lot more into Valiant. Um, there's so many more Valiant books I want to check out. Um, do, 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 do. I, you know what I really want to read? Freaking Secret Wars. Really? <laughs> People okay. just say it's like the best freaking event ever, or like in a long time. Oh, you know? you, those issues are out there. Yeah. I know. I'm waiting for a trade or something that where it's the, all compiled. I know, me too. There's but... just... It's too hard to follow at this point. That and Convergence. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I'm Rich Lepore. Jordan Alsica. Kevin Schaefer. We will see you uh, very soon. Bye.